0: January 6th. Trump supporters are going to descend on Washington, D.C. for a peaceful protest. And Alex Jones says 10 million people are going to show up. It'll be interesting. We are currently planning on being there. We'll see if it actually happens. We've, we, we just got some equipment. It's really amazing stuff that's going to allow us to do this show live from D.C., and uh we got some we got some tech workaround. So as many of you know, I've been, you know, I used to work in the field exclusively and, and figuring out ways to get internet and do live coverage of big events is kind of my specialty. Now we've kind of been doing in studio stuff, but we got a plan and it'll be really cool. We're we're hoping to get various people from the rally to come up and speak, people probably you know and love, but we'll see how it plays out. I say we're planning on being there because there's a lot of technical hurdles. It's difficult. If ten million people really show up, it's gonna be almost impossible to do any kind of show anywhere near DC because just people cluttering up the internet then it gets you know jammed and shuts down but it should be really interesting a lot of people are saying some crazy things they're kind of freaking me out and a lot of people are saying some things like you know big occupy dc rally so we'll see how it plays out but whether or not donald trump pulls off some triple lightning strike quadruple lottery ticket victory you know is going to depend on the objectors in the house and like look There could be some kind of Rube Goldberg type scenario occurring here, where all of these pieces fall into place perfectly, and then Trump wins. We'll see. I really don't think it's going to happen. But the big news: several Republicans have filed a lawsuit against Mike Pence, pertaining to the was it the Elector Electoral Count Act of 1887, to try and make him essentially count the votes for so that Trump wins. It's kind of a crazy story, but I think it's more about public perception. And they're trying, it seems like they're trying to force Pence to make a public declaration that he's, he's going to be supporting Trump. So we'll see how that plays out. We've got a bunch of other news, too. We got this COVID relief bill passed. They, they increased the stimulus from 600 to 2,000. So now we're adding on another like $500 billion to this omnibus package. Trump signed it. Democrats laughed at him and said, we're not giving you anything. It's ours. Ha ha ha. And then, you know, went all laughing and ran away. We'll see how that plays out, and then we'll talk about those crazy TikTok nurses and a bunch of other stories. But hanging out with hanging out with us today is Eric July.
1: Hey, man, I'm here. And How's I appreciate going, you having me, man. Like, seriously, I know a lot of folks have wanted this to happen. So, oh, I appreciate well, you. Well,
0: people, people are posting in the chat all the time. Yeah,
1: like on, on my side as well. I'm like, guys, I don't think it works like that. You don't demand yourself on, like, nobody demands themselves no, on my show either.
0: But I was going to say, that's like what gets people not on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. People it's constantly like, constantly yeah,
1: same it. thing on my side. So, I don't know why people do that. But either way, man, I appreciate you yeah, All right, on, man. I think me, it's, it's going to be definitely. interesting, yeah, especially yeah. considering, you know, this massive.
0: You know, omnibus bill. Oh yeah. Getting your opinions will be, will be, will be cool. Yeah. yeah we'll talk about it. Most definitely. So, uh, Luke's here too.
2: Welcome back, beautiful, oh, whoa, amazing human beings. This is a good We are change.org. It's great to be back on the Tim Foil Wars broadcast here. Tim now, Foil Wars. Tim Foil Wars. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a new name for the show. I think it's, it's great. Now, I'm still a free agent, but I was able to convince Tim to get a squatting deadlift power workout
0: cage. So I'm gonna be here for the foreseeable or forcible future. Doing Could deadlifts. you could you imagine like take a screenshot right now and then in three months Luke is just massive and ripped and <laughs> like he can't put his arms down. I've been bulking,
2: or in other
0: words, Over-eating. gorging. Dude, yeah, yeah. You ate like you ate a bunch of cupcakes and cookies last night. What are you talking about? You cooked them. <laughs> so, I know. I baked. I baked. Cup, I, I, mean, I baked. I baked cookie cupcakes. Yeah. They were very good. Yeah, they were pretty. Good. I'm good. They and they were good. they were filled with white chocolate mm-hmm. and icing on top. That's yep. fun. It was Christmas, man. I was bored. I was like, I'm going to bake some cookie cupcakes. We bake so
2: much. How can you say no? And, and you, I mean, you got to bulk, right, before you,
0: you put on the muscles. So no, I've been, no. was been... it? You watch It's Always Sunny, where he's, uh, Mac was walking out with a garbage <laughs> bag full of chimichangas. And he's like, I'm cultivating mass. And Dennis is like, stop cultivating, start harvesting. <laughs> well, we're going to do that in a little bit. And uh, I'm excited for that. In three months, you're not going to be all buff and ripped. You're going to be just morbidly obese. Either way, bulking up. Uh, there's going to be more pushing for the cushion. All right. Well,
3: Ian's chilling too. Hi, everyone. Guess what? I was so inspired by your uh, your amazing gorilla emojis that <laughs> I made it happen, you guys. Yes. In lieu of Alex Jones, I'm a gorilla. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Don't say do it. It was just it was too crude. Yes. But if you've read the book Ishmael and you saw the Alex Jones episodes, which you should you should watch if you haven't seen it yet, uh, they talk. He talks about a gorilla. Yeah. He's and so gorilla.
0: so now you have a gorilla. I am a gorilla. <laughs> Right on. Of course, Lydia is producing and she's pushing all the buttons.
2: Pushing all the buttons in the corner. Right
0: on. And uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button. There's a little thing that we have appear now in the top of the screen or whatever. Because uh, I, I, You know what? I'll tell you this. It works, just to be completely honest. We added this thing where it's like smash the like button, subscribe, and share. And then we've seen like our likes just go through the roof. It's been great. It really does work. And people, you know, liking really does have an impact on whether or not YouTube recommends the stream to more and more people. And uh, so it's greatly appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Let's talk about the news. This is the first story we got. It's kind of, is an interesting and weird story from Politico. Gohmert's suit may force Pence's hand in effort to overturn Trump's defeat. The vice president is set to oversee certification of Biden's electoral college win. Man, I've been reading a lot about the powers that Mike Pence has. And of course... You've got Trump supporters saying Mike Pence is basically the judge with the gavel and he decides. But then you've got the left saying he's basically just like the clerk handing out, you know, tickets. You hand him the envelopes and he goes to the mailroom and he just passes out the things to the office. But let's read and see what's going on. They say Rep. Louis Gohmert, Republican of Texas, and Donald Trump's uh, and President Donald Trump's defeated electors from Arizona may force Vice President Mike Pence to publicly pick a side in Trump's bid to overturn his election loss. Gomert and a handful of would-be electors sued Pence in federal court on Monday in a long-shot bid to throw out the rules that govern Congress's counting of electoral votes next week. It's an effort they hope will permit Pence, who is tasked with leading the January 6th session of the House and Senate, to simply ignore President-elect Joe Biden's electors and count Trump's losing slates instead. The lawsuit asserts that the 1887 law, known as the Electoral Count Act, The vague statute that has long governed the electoral vote counting process with minimal drama unconstitutionally binds Pence from exercising total authority to choose which votes to count, saying, quote, under the 12th Amendment, defendant Pence alone has the exclusive authority and sole discretion to open and permit the counting of the electoral votes for a given state and where there are competing slates of electors or where there's objection to any single slate of electors to determine which electors votes or whether none shall be counted. The suit contends the lawsuit comes before comes before Judge Jeremy Kernodle, a Trump appointee to the U.S. District Court of the Eastern District of Texas. It's unclear if he'll grant the request for an expedited judgment, though the law itself is unlikely to gain legal traction. It does put Pence in the position of having to either contest the suit, putting him on the opposite side of the Trump and the GOP defenders or support it and lay bare the intention to subvert the will of the voters in the 2020 election. They say Pence is engaged with GOP lawmakers seeking to reverse the election results, but has avoided publicly taking a side in the matter. I think that's actually not true. I don't know if you guys saw Pence's speech where he said, we're not going to stop fighting until every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote, you know, is not counted. I think Mike Pence is leaning towards, at least in a public sense, you know, I'm going to support Trump. But I got to tell you, man, here's my bet. January 6th comes around. They – I don't know. You guys, you, guys, you guys all probably know they did that uh, – the, the electoral candidates for the Republicans cast their procedural votes. I bet Mike Pence is going to be like, Joe Biden wins, bang the hammer, and we're done.
1: That is probably likely, to be completely honest. Look, yeah. they, they're, they're flailing right now, and – it's like you're either with us or you're against us. I mean, we've been dealing with this over at, over at Blaze and it doesn't stop just at the Glenn Beck level. It goes all the way up to Mike Pence where they won allegiance and, yeah. uh, you, it, the lines being drawn in the sand. I so it. It, 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 either you with us or you against us, and that's more so what it is. And and to to be fair, when we talk about this whole, not just with this election, really courts in general, it's all posturing to really force the hand um, of folks to really force them to take a side publicly or yeah. not, because generally it's just gonna fall dead anyway. So and they know that they're not they're not stupid. It's it's a matter of like you kind of mentioned. It's like it's it's about a matter of forcing. Uh-huh. Um, um, him publicly to, to take a stance. But that's been the approach really. And they're getting more and more aggressive. And it's like, we, we want to know who, who's with us. Are you with us? Are you not? They, they, they,
0: ignore one thing in this political article, Politico article. Pence could just ignore it. Yeah. And it goes to court and they make a ruling and Pence, go, Pence just goes, eh. I don't I I think he's he's traditional. He's he's very much more establishment.
2: Well, if you look at Pence and Trump, especially after Election Day, you see Pence always sticking more to the establishment. You can see him contradict Donald Trump in many instances, not just regarding this issue, but also the vaccine issue, Uh, specifically Donald Trump even getting rid of a directive saying that the top White House staff was going to be vaccinated. He got rid of that. And Mike Pence was the only one who went out on national television and said, I'm going to get you know, vaccinated. So that was a clear differential of opinions. And we've
0: seen them on, on both sides of the issues a lot of different times. This is why I think they're doing the lawsuit, because there was another story. Apparently, in a bunch of the emails Trump was sending out, it no longer says Trump Pence. It just says Trump. <laughs> yeah. So, so leftists were like, Pence is out. And this was a couple weeks ago. So I think this is why you've got some Republicans saying Mike Pence, because they want to know now. But Pence was at that meeting at the White House when I think it was I can't remember I think it was Pennsylvania's electors showed up and had a meeting with Trump and apparently they're like hardcore in it for Trump. They're tr- a bunch of different states have been like demanding the governors give special sessions for their state, you know, state congress or whatever general assemblies so that they can officially certify electors for Trump.
1: Yeah. Like look, uh, this, I think it's gonna ramp up. I mean, we, we talk about the six, but I think it's gonna go really further than that. The GOP right now is in, in, in it may be blowing up. Like, it sounds silly yeah, to did. say that, but seriously, like, it may be blowing up. I, and, and whether you think that's on Trump or his supporters, that's neither here nor there. Right now, you're seeing lines in the sand be drawn and a lot of folks don't want to go down with that chip especially the establishment types because they look at it as it's not necessarily the whole threat to the democracy government especially at the federal level has its way of going about things right and it's been done this way for a very long time and they want it to remain as such and of course Trump is kind of the nuke uh, in that where he, he kind of blows things up and a lot of folks don't yeah it's cool to support him everybody was on, on, on the same page with him for the last four years but then they see it going this route definitely post, post election or you know post let's say November and a lot of folks don't want to go down with that ship so you're going to see them kind of be shaky about definitely these yeah. big uber public uh, GOPers they're not gonna be like all in like that they kind of got a teeter-totter if you will well the
2: battle lines are drawn and people are making their decisions and you could see with major establishment figures like rupert murdoch especially with his news publications where he stands and where some of the trumpers and never trumpers stand and uh it's 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 a big fragmentation of the whole gop
0: party that we're seeing right now yeah check this out check this out we got this uh the new york post cover cover says Stop. Mr. President, stop the insanity. You lost the election. Here's how to save your legacy. Trump supporters don't care about that. Trump Trump supporters are willing to support news outlets that support them. And then as soon as you say, "Okay, now here's where we push back. They say, get out. We don't care if you're not if you don't got our back anymore. We're done with you.
1: I think they underestimate how many people support that. The man for the man, like yes. their allegiance isn't to the GOP, their allegiance is to him. And I think a lot of people underestimate that. So, you know, we're going to see what what happens. But this, this line has been drawn and it's been interesting to see how I think after the initial election, like, you know, I was when we were covering this over at the Blaze, the election. Everybody kind of had their 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 way of going about things. And I know as the further we got away from it, the more folks are like, OK, maybe it's an ill that we just have to hold. I don't know if it's a, a rather about saving face or, again, it's it, it's a certain way that things have been done. The establishment or whatever you want to call them, whether you think Trump is a part of it, I don't know. I, I really don't care. Nonetheless, you know that there is is a fight being had right now. Yeah. And it's I think it's a lot bigger than what people are yeah. talking about.
2: And I think both sides are not doing themselves any favors. I mean, you got the establishment side and you literally have the cybersecurity chief coming out and saying one day that we had the most secure election in American history. And then a couple of days later, finding out the entire government was hacked.
0: <laughs> the like, worst, the cyber Pearl, Har- digital yeah, Pearl Harbor, the, the digital
2: Pearl Harbor. The uh, digital Pearl Harbor. I mean, come on. How does that make sense? The two, I mean, th- there hasn't been a mainstream media journalist that connected this t- yep. the two and, and went to him and asked him a legitimate question about this. But also Donald Trump is not doing himself any favors by signing this $900 billion spending bill and giving gender studies to Pakistan and speedboats to Sri Lanka. Meanwhile, everyone else here is having whoa, a hard whoa, whoa, time whoa, even whoa. just. What kind of speedboats? <laughs> Fast ones I Fast go boom. I don't know, man. They need speedboats.
0: Yeah. Why does Sri Lanka need speedboats? I mean, why I, does Pakistan yeah. need gender programs? Yes, I, I, really, I understand. Ten million dollars is not the biggest thing in this bill, but I'd rather just—I'd rather we just gave ten million dollars to a random American. Like, here you go. Just here's here's the money. Have a nice day. But you can really see it, man. The the geo, So so here's what I want to say. I think I did a segment on this earlier today. I think the Republicans. Are probably on track to win in Georgia. So, this is a, this. I'm flipping from my other earlier stance. I said before I thought the Democrats were going to win because uh, Donald Trump's not on the ticket. But with the polls that have been coming out, and there's a bunch, they show that it's a neck and neck race. And the polls were all off underestimating Republicans. So, it looks like it's going to be. And I'm just saying, based off of that metric, the Republicans are probably actually going to win in Georgia. And a lot of people thought so. But I do think it's fair to point out people in Georgia who support Trump. Have a road trip to make that day. On January 5th, instead of going and voting, they got to pack up the car and head to D.C. Because January 6th is the big support, the President Day. So I'll tell you, if you ask a lot of, a lot of these Trump supporters who might actually go out and vote because Trump's going to rally there and he asks them to, they might still you know, say, thank you for coming, Trump, and thanks for the rally. But if I have to choose between voting for these people or supporting you in D.C., I'm going to D.C.
2: Do they have mail-in voting or uh, they do early have,
0: voting? They do have mail-in and early voting. Republicans don't do that. Hmm. So maybe the answer is Republicans need to go and, you know, vote by mail or vote early now. That way they can make it to DC and, you know, support both. But I, I was saying, but what I was saying before is Republicans don't care about, I'm sorry, Trump supporters don't care about their Repub- legacy. Look, these these, these that, politicians.
1: That right there, and definitely when we talk about legacy. And, and this is why I don't understand. Well, I know we, Luke, you kind of mentioned it about Trump not doing himself any favors. And this is why I'd been saying on TV and everything, like, dude, even if you're going to hold the L why not go out guns ablazing? Mm-hmm. right why not go out guns ablaze we talked about the pardons and, and, and all of that like why figuratively. not figuratively like, right yes like, <laughs> like like set it set know, it on man. fire like let loose figuratively. like like,
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> like in a video game yeah like yeah. video game
1: <laughs> like let loose though like why why not and he doesn't do he doesn't do himself any favors and i, I don't know if even trump understands his own supporters because they don't care about that stuff. They don't care yeah. about legacy. They don't care about you know being prissy or being doing things the way that they've always been done. That's not any the, the fact that they were attracted to them is in, indicative in that is that they don't care about that stuff. So I don't even understand like what he's doing on his way out. Like why he's not like all right, man, I'm putting everything on the he, table. Why not? He needs to see it. He needs to see it.
0: Uh so I here, I was thinking about this. Trump's sitting in, you know, is is Trump willing to go that, you know, insane mile, martial law, insurrection act or whatever? Is he willing to go that far? And I'm like, if if he sees tweets, he's probably like, OK. But if he sees Republicans turning on him, then he's probably like, how much support do I really have? Yeah. If on January 6, 10 million people really do show up, Trump's going to be like release the hounds yeah but he's gonna open the gate and just be like we're doing it but another
2: factor is he's disenfranchising a lot of his base that was there because of the promises that he made he promised to cut spending he promised to get us out of wars he promised us all of these wonderful amazing things he has an opportunity to put pen to paper and to make them happen and he's not doing it he called this bill a disgrace he said this bill quote is a disgrace demanding it to be changed immediately and then what happened Signed it right away. And then, and again, yeah, but, I, but listen, we had super
0: majorities approving it. Was that the case in this particular instance? Yes. Only, only, well, only 56 people in the, uh, uh, in the house voted against it. And I think only eight people in the Senate. And that's, that yeah. overrides a veto. So Trump, look, the re the, the reality is not that Trump said, ha ha, I'm going to say something and then just give in. No, Trump was defeated. That's it. He can say what he wants to say, but if he doesn't have the power because the Senate and the house over just then stop playing the game. That's the what I'm saying. That. Like, why not yeah, sure. remain principled, though? Exactly. In that
1: aspect, yeah. if you're gonna lose anyway, what yeah. do you have the game? Don't like, sign it. Exactly. Don't it's put like, your name on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So you might as well go out like that. Look, I tried, like, this was a disgrace. It has all, all of this, this, well, this, and that in it. Like, why not go out like that? He, he, he did get, he, he, he redlined, right?
0: He, yeah, but you're giving right, up right, any right. leverage you have by signing it. No, 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 listen. There, if Trump didn't sign it, veto proof majority, it would have been passed through. So Trump, I guess, to save face, was like, "Here's the red line." With well, what, what face is he saving? He saving? Face that's yeah, what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. figure out. Right? The, the, Who's the, the, the I, face? The it's I, an ugly face. The idea is, <laughs> and stop making me defend the guy. <laughs> the, idea, the idea is, he's going to be like, "I approved the stimulus for the American people. I wouldn't leave him hanging, and I object to these things that everyone else hates too." If he didn't mm. sign it, then he, these look. I'm not saying he made the right move. I'm saying that's. that's I get it. That's the idea. Right, that people are saying right. Right now. No, that's why I, he did it.
1: I get that a hundred percent, but it's it's. Look,
0: you don't need to, I don't think you need to rag on Trump for this one as though it's a failure, a failure on his part. He lost.
1: Like yeah. whether
0: he should have signed it or did, should have signed it or did but that's not what makes signed it, it worse he lost.
1: Me. That's what makes it worse to me. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like you, you took an L, but you didn't take an L like with principle. He like should, it's yeah. one thing for me if you get punched, like if you go into a fight, a fist fight, like a man, I don't care if it's against whoever Conor McGregor, you you're gonna hold an L regardless. Look, you went out there and you threw your hands. You think you gave it your best shot, but you know talking all this noise about what's in this bill, what's uh, it, and it's calling it a disgrace. And then to support it, like, I don't know who's face that he's yep. saving it for, because it's not like the leftists are going to like him for, for doing that or anything like
2: And he's telling us pretty nothings like we're going to redline this. We're going to give you the $2,000. <laughs> no, it's no, no. Listen, great. listen. I mean, he's
0: telling us bull crap. I mean, here's what I'm he trying. just
2: be honest with this. And the Democrats are slapping him down saying, no, you're not going to get what you want. Here's, here's
0: what I'm saying. I'll tell you my, my thoughts on this. Signing it and redlining was the worst thing he could have done for one reason. He basically said, I'm mad about this, and I have absolutely no power, and the only thing I can and I'm willing to do is beg the Democrats to at least do me a favor. Mm-hmm. And they that, did that, it. That's the and position he slapped them in. It, 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 it's the same move like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez
2: that came out and said, it's a 5,000-page bill. I couldn't read it. Yes, Friday. I'm going to vote for it. You know, what in, are you oh, doing man,
3: in Trump's defense? He's the guy that said it should be two thousand dollars to people, not six hundred, and that's why yeah, they crash the it. economy and then quicker. They came out <laughs> yeah, into, let's Great. crash it quicker. And well, then hold, on, hold on. AOC said, "Yeah, I agree with Trump," and then then now I see they put an amendment to make it two grand now. So that was because so of they Trump. did pass it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: so the House did pass the two thousand dollar checks bill. Dozens of Republicans have got behind Donald Trump. There, so I, a lot of people think Mitch McConnell is going to say no, and it's not going to happen. But they're basically telling Trump now they approve this because this is what's really, really amazing about this bill. Not only did Trump come out and complain about it, but he actually attacked the establishment from the left. He came from their <sighs> left flank. Print more money. Give more money to the American people. Like on the verge, ver- like, like Rand Paul said, why not just do $20,000? Why not just do, you know, monthly UBI and just guaranteed income? Trump mm-hmm. came from the left. And the funny thing is, a lot of these things that were in the Omnibus were things he was requesting yep. and negotiating for. So Trump has been, you know, it's really funny. Michael Tracy has this really great tweet. He's a journalist. I don't know if you guys find you guys who he is. And he said, constant investigations, you know, a bunk impeachment, all of this stuff. And they're still half the country convinced we narrowly avoided a fasc- fascistic dictator like Trump was ever that. And I keep telling people, Trump tried really, really hard to get things done and couldn't. He hired bad people. A lot of the a lot of people he hired turned on him like the easiest one is Bolton, obviously. And he was obstructed every step of the way. The Republicans certainly hated him the whole time and just used him to get their judges and their tax breaks. And then when Trump wanted to do things, where are they? They're not there for him. Like he's been complaining about 230. Trump supporters have been complaining about 230. Nothing's gotten done. Not one of these people. And now, I mean, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley have complained about it a bit. So, okay, I guess. But in the end, the Republican establishment is just like a do nothing party. That just waits and go. Like, here's how I imagine Republicans. They're like sitting there watching Democrats just mess everything up, and they go, "No, wait, don't. I'm fighting for you. You know, vote for me." And they just hit there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Democrats go about mucking things up, and they just don't do anything about it. So now here we are. The the we we are, this, this, I'll tell you what's really amazing about all this. You know, this kind of spending bill happens all the time. Yep. Here's my here's this this really great tweet that's been going around from Rand Paul. This is from December 23rd, 2018. He said, "Uh." Actually, let me read the tweet before it for context. He says, of course, instead of fixing waste like this and reforming government, the geniuses in Congress decided to have a fight over how much more money they were going to spend, aka borrow from China. Speaking of which, buried in the foreign aid reports last year. So that would be 2017. I discovered something. We give foreign aid to China. So government is so dumb. It is literally borrowing money from China to give it back to China while paying interest on it. Rand Paul. Bravo. Yep. So, also, so,
2: by the way, he also just released a full list of all the incredibly dumb things that the government is spending money on. Um, yeah. I mean, if I could just read some of well, them Well, so I let me, I'll, more just more wrap, I'll just yeah. wrap my,
0: my point up real quick. I kind of lost my train of thought, though. But uh, Ryan Paul. What, what I was going to say is yeah. people don't pay attention to this stuff. And this year, the Democrats tried everything mm. in their power to get as many people politically active as possible. And then all of a sudden, when this omnibus spending package drops, norm, normal people who, like, who regularly ignore this – are now looking at it and going, wait, what? And then, I, so what Trump supporters are saying, and keep in mind, they'll defend, like the hardcore Trump supporters will defend him no matter, what he do, no matter what he does. They're saying Trump redlining this, highlights it, and then forces Congress to say, we approve of the things the American people don't. So sure, maybe now people might be aware of it. I think that's actually what's happening. And it'll be really interesting to see it. At, when, when America has been brought to its knees with an economic crisis, they're now saying China's on track to to overcome, uh, overtake America's economy in only, you know, seven years or so, it's accelerating because we've been shut down and completely obliterated by this. At a time when we're at our worst and people are desperate, 12 million people facing eviction, benefits are, are, are going up in flames and they're blaming Trump. I'm asking, why did we just give $10 million to Pakistani gender studies? A lot of people are asking that. Even people on the left are like, I don't know, man, maybe we should give that money to people in Flint who need water. We're not spending money on ourselves when we're broke. Yeah. That's crazy. It's
2: not just that, Tim. It's The government is literally spending money to study if human beings will eat bugs. That's one of their initiatives. Another Uh, one. But hold on. Another one (laughs) is to, quote, invent smart toilets. Let me keep going. Let me just let me. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait. No, no, no. I got to slow you down. You mean to tell me I could apply for a grant? And they'll give me money to just make a toilet with like computers in it? Smart toilets.
2: Yes. Really? Yes. But what does a
0: smart toilet do? I don't I haven't researched. When I worked it, for Vice, they had a, the I Vice know. the Vice building they had one of those fancy Japanese toilets. Yes. Where it's like I got a blow dryer in it and stuff. Is that what we're talking Less about? Less potty talk. I don't Let know. me continue with this <laughs> all right, with this list release. Cuz that by sounds really good. I mean, <laughs> if I had to allocate tax dollars somewhere, I'd be, give me a good toilet.
2: There was I mean? 8.6 billion dollars spent on anti-drug efforts in Afghanistan of all places. <laughs>
0: Isn't that there's, where like 92% of op- uh, of poppy comes from? Yes. <laughs> I,
2: I had you know a military vets that came over and all of them were like, "Yeah, we were just there guarding the opium fields yeah. to, for mass production for the world to have heroin." Uh there's money going into Kenyan art classes. There's money going into Afghani and Pakistani How book, much money? book clubs. How much money? I don't I I got to look it up to tell you uh, exactly. Uh that's, there's tens of millions of dollars going to towards stopping truancy in schools in the Philippines. There's also speedboats in Sri Lanka and a study on lizards and how they walk on treadmills for $1.5 million. (laughs) So as you are literally told you can't work, as you are literally kicked out of your apartment, as you're told to pay up in the taxes in the highest amounts as they're going to keep going up higher, remember, at least lizards are going to be going on treadmills because of your tax dollars.
0: Now, the eating bugs thing... How much was that? How much money went into eating boats? I'm going to have to look
2: up the Randall that, report look, specifically because of atomized a, it. A
0: yeah. lot of people point out things, and I'm like, there's an argument there. <laughs> no, there is. Like, I don't know if the government should be spending money on it, but Pakistani gender studies is in defense. There's no defense for that. Come on. Yeah. But, like, researching what humans are willing to eat could could change could everything yeah it could be useful you know I'm when not you crash the right. economy by saying. spending way too yes. much money and in indebting everyone that's and, a good and, point and there's hyperinflation yeah people are going to need to figure out how to eat bugs then <laughs> exactly that's, <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying you know like the farms are all shut down at the beginning of the year, we saw that they were just, like, dumping dairy into, like, empty fields and just wasting it all, and, like, bugs are everywhere. We should have and a program
2: were... that gets rid of sparrows, so then we have more huh. bugs that we could eat. I heard that worked really well is during that why the, they... the yeah. great leap forward in that... China.
0: But is that why they did it? They were trying to save bugs to eat? Just eat the no, sparrows. No, no, no.
2: The sparrows <laughs> were eating the, the, the vegetables. Do you, guys, do you
0: guys know what rabbit starvation is? hmm Like, no, rabbits yeah, yeah. don't have any fat on them. So if you only eat rabbit, you eventually die. Because you're not getting any fat in your diet and you need it oh, wow yeah so like people say like you don't know, eat the rabbits you can't do it like I think in Venezuela there was like when the, when the food shortages were really bad they were just like people were trying to breed rabbits and eat them because rabbits eat grass and then they should keep growing and having babies like crazy but there's you can't there's no nutrients yeah you it's called rabbit starvation
1: you see the, the thing about this though is that and, and this is why I don't I'm not as optimistic as everybody else is when we get on the other side of this it's mainly because folks aren't connecting the dots here. And then in, in terms of in terms of what got us to this point, right? So, between the lockdowns obviously this is an issue not even this is before the lockdowns we talk about spending all of this money and um and and being taxed to death and them them selling assets of of unborn people uh basically robbing future generations with the money because they're spending money that they don't have i was telling people uh all along with this with any stimulus for uh, for the most part this whole moronic idea is that i'm you're getting your money back no you're not that money's not there they don't have money uh to give you it got to come from somewhere and this is again they're the, the Fed allows them to spend monetize their debt essentially, yeah. and you are you're basically robbing future um, generations. But 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 you know a lot of people say it like that. An
0: easy way to put it is, a lot of these lefties talk about how they want to increase the minimum wage, right? Well, when you mass print trillions of dollars in one year, thirty five percent of all U.S. dollars put in circulation in the past ten months. What you've effectively done is cut the, the wage of everybody by a certain yep. amount of a percent. But I, I was talking to my friend about this. I'm like, dude, you don't realize they just lowered your wage by like a dollar or two an hour by mass printing all this money. Yeah. And it reduces the value. You got. I was like, people don't understand like uh, uh, debt to GDP at all. Not at all. If your country is not producing things of value then and you keep printing money, then the money becomes worthless because people don't – what, what am I going to buy with it? Right. There's one difference though. We got a lot of guns and we we control basically the oil. So as long as we have that petrodollar, then then there you go.
1: Going to start it on that. But no, like it's like pulling teeth, man, with people and trying to get them to understand that the issue right here. And, and, and I know obviously the libertarians are going to get amped up about all of that is because. The problem is that the money is being taken and then, you know, we could talk all day long about it being spent and how it's spent. And a lot of these people will be in Congress, the people that vote for the people that are in Congress, they're control freaks. And it's not about, okay, you keeping your money. Like the easiest answer seemed to be when it came to this lockdown was, okay, stop the lockdown so people can produce for themselves. Not print money out of thin air and give them money so effectively you're devaluing the money the currency over a period of time but they're control freaks so they they, it doesn't even cross their mind this idea that okay what if we i don't know just allow people to keep the most most of their money that we that we possibly can it doesn't even connect for them because they're like okay they have their own personal things that they want everybody else to be forced to subsidize and that's the issue the issue is not that You're being robbed. That's not the problem. Or even that it's being that that amount of money is being spent It's that it's not being spent on the things that they want to spend it on.
0: I tweeted something that triggered a bunch of lefties. Hmm. I said something like only when the last farm has been shut down and no longer produces and the supply chain has run dry and stores no longer carry food will the leftists realize you can't eat money. And it's it's a play on an old saying like only when the last river has been polluted and yeah. the last forest cut down when you realize you can't eat money. And I'm like, I was thinking about that saying, and it was it's like a lefty perspective on protecting the environment. Like if you destroy everything, you can't eat. And I I saw all these people like a lot of the Andrew Yang people saying we just need UBI. And I'm like, you, first of all, most people don't realize most money in circulation is digital. Yeah. It's not real currency, and it's and it's created upon debt. Like when a loan is given out or when the money is created, the checks you get. That's literally where the money first comes into existence. And then you just have like digital tallies. You can't eat that. That's mm. not a thing. It's abstract. Even like the paper you get. Congratulations. There's no food, but you have $100 now. What are you going to do with it? I know did you go to the store. There's no toilet paper. You can wipe your ass. That's about, that's the best thing it's worth. Yeah. So it's really, you know, the funny thing is it's not even worth that because American dollars are made with cloth and other countries made with plastic. You can't even use it for toilet paper. Right. No, for real. Like, what do you do with it? So I kept, I kept telling people. Let, let me tell you, like, if you had $100 right now, what would you do with it? Like just, just off top of your head, you got 100 bucks. what do you want to
1: do? Man, I got a couple of bills. I can put you're gonna that buy on something. phone. Yeah, phone. something. Yeah. You're
0: going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna pay your phone. Yeah. Your phone, yeah. Phone. So I, I asked my friends that. Like, if you had 100 bucks right now, what would you what would you do? And they, they mention, you know, paying a bill. And I'm like, okay, but what if the people at the phone company can't work anymore because yeah. of the lockdown? Who do you give the money to and what do you get in exchange for it? And they're like, but That's the phone point. company is essential and it works. And I'm like, right, right. But now think about any other industry. Some, some industries still exist. Fine. So you can buy cell service. You want to go out to eat? You want to get food? No, you can't do that. So if your dollar can do less, it's worth less. Yeah. So people think, I think about it this way. What if I told you I can give you, you know, 10 bucks to go eat or I can cook you a nice hot family meal. It's like, well, you can't go out and get that. There's, there's, there's more value in getting something. That's, you know, I'll, I'll, long story short, I don't I need to beat that horse. If people don't make stuff, what are you buying? If people aren't providing services, what are you buying? Right.
1: Nothing to buy. But that's why they, they don't understand. They don't even make that connection with, with money and, and it being the, the most common commodity. And that's why it's you know, supposed to be uh, utilized in the way that we utilize. That's not a dot that they connect, which is why it was so easy for them to say, shut everything down. Just shut yep. everything down. They they don't even connect the dots. Well, okay, this person that is working, it doesn't matter if you feel that it's non-essential. This person owns a salon or something like that. Well, that person is producing a, a, a service that of value that someone at least values. Whether you think it's silly or non-essential, it doesn't matter. But in producing that, they're making their own money. Uh, or rather, let's say they employ other, other hairstylists or something like that. They're making, they don't even connect that. It's just, shut it down, we're scared of a vi- of, the, of this virus, and people don't have to produce. And it's funny, they talk so much about long-term effects of, of this virus. You hear that all the time, it's why you can't reopen. Sure, it has a 99% survival rate, but... 99. what about 9. The- 9. Oh, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, w- w- why would you... Why would, But we got the long-term effects. Why not worry about that? And they don't seem to ever consider that. Well, of course, they don't consider that with a vaccine, but they certainly don't consider that when it comes to how this is going to impact the economy going Th- forward.
0: There's this viral video of an- nurse and it's like this viral tweet says this is for all the cov idiots who use survival rate as like an excuse for not following lockdown you saw this video no,
1: i did a video and she, on
0: it yeah she's like imagine if i gave you like millions and skittles. millions of skittles and then i told you that 17 million would make you sick and have lingering effects and that 300,000 would kill you would you still want to eat them and i'm like okay hold on hold on how many skittles are we talking you said millions upon millions and then you said 99.9% are safe, but 17 million will kill you. So th- th- that doesn't make sense. If 17 million is 0.1 of the skills. Like, right. Okay. So, so let's do some math. More importantly, though, you mean to tell me that you view a, uh, you know, somebody working a man or woman to feed their kids as eating candy? Wow. That, that was the craziest thing to me. And I was like, let me ask you a question. If you were in the middle of the desert and you were, have gone without water for a day or two and you saw a pool of green, murky water and that's it. It will make you sick. You'll probably die. Would you drink it?
1: Absolutely. You would. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Wouldn't even hesitate. Wouldn't, wouldn't. wouldn't even hesitate. Who, who would? But I mean, that's why the skittle analogy was so terrible. Because we look at people don't understand. We mentioned a survival rate. We're talking about risk here, right? That's what we're talking about more than anything. So even with the skittle. I don't think that has a hundred press. Somebody's probably died from I don't know diabetes <laughs> from eating skittle, or choked yeah, on, choked <laughs> on a skittle, or something like that. So they I don't still think. Eat them. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, people still eat them. So I don't even wait, think wait, that, that analogy is good. That's actually a good
0: point. It, you, you like I don't think uh, you have a one in a thousand chance of dying from eating skittles, but there is uh, likelihood you could die from eating skittles. Most She's definitely. Tough Easy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then people don't.
1: Cons- she didn't. Obviously, she I tell didn't you consider this. That. I
0: bet there's somebody took a handful of skittles and was chewing it and had a big
1: clump of Skittles and then choked on it. Uh, I, bet, I bet bet, your bottom dollar that that's happened to <laughs> someone, someone, somewhere. But that's what it's about. It's about risk. It's about assessing the risk. Really, there's nothing in life that we do where, that has a 100% survival rate, you know, where you can trip down the stairs, break your leg, get infected, have to get like, – there's so many different things. You can drive your car to work. You can die in
0: a crash. All of those Think things of, are risk. Here's, here's what I was saying about it. Uh, when she mentions, you know, the Skittles and the risk and the 0.1%. The people who want to work their jobs aren't doing it because they're bored. Right. This is, what I, this is the crazy thing about the left's argument supporting this. They think the people who need to work jobs are doing it for fun. It's a weird view of work. Like, people work, yes, for fulfillment, but typically because they have responsibilities mm-hmm. and they're and they're producing for, their, for themselves, their friends, and their families to survive. So here's what I was thinking. Take that logic of risk and what risk you're willing to accept and apply it to any other job. Imagine if there was a firefighter, and then he saw a fire, and then this and another firefighter was like, whoa, 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 don't go in that burning building. You might get burned. Whoa. It's like, well, yeah, I realize that. In fact, the, the likelihood that a firefighter in going into a burning building will get burned in some capacity is probably, I'm not saying like serious injury, I'm just saying like, you'll, 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 you might get sick, you know. There's risk, yeah. serious risk. And we often talk about, you know, firefighters, I think, is the best example. I could do cops, but I think firefighters, everybody generally likes, you know. They know going into a burning building is a substantial risk. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Backdraft. I haven't seen it since I was a little kid. But Backdraft is – I'm probably getting the fire science wrong. Somebody in the comments will correct me. But when, when, the, when there's a fire and it becomes oxygen-starved, and then you open the door giving air to the room, then there's a big burst, and it, and it hits you. And so there's things like that. I remember I was told a story by my dad who was a firefighter for like 20-something years. You go on the roof and you'll hear creaking. And then all the firefighters like look around at each other like, what do we do? And they train you. If you hear creaking, if you get scared, you get out. You don't wait for anybody else because people will look to each other and then not move. But then the roof caves in. So like these risks are, are legit. Yeah. And imagine if, imagine if they all sat, were sitting around and the alarm went off and they're like, I don't know, man. If I told you there were 100 buildings and one of them would be on fire, would you go in a building? It's like, I probably would. You know also, I mean?
3: she's got some dumb analogy to Skittles. And like she's talking about people's
0: livelihoods, right? So you got to take the dude. risk of
3: going to work. It's not eating candy. They're not going to work
0: for candy, let, let, right? I want to. I, I got to be mean. I got to be mean. Do it. I don't want to be mean, Do but it. I got to bring up Kyle Kalinsky. And I think Kyle Kalinsky is a good dude. He, he, he's 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 a good dude. He's he's uh you know he he's he doesn't. I think he acts in good faith, and I respect him a lot. But he had this tweet that I got to bring up, and I'm not doing it. I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't know if you guys saw this, where he was in an airplane, <laughs> yes. and he saw all these farms, and he took a picture, and he was had something like, "So beautiful, I wonder why it looks like this." And he got roasted like crazy because people were like, bro, like, have you ever seen a farm before? And I felt bad because, look, man, there's a lot of people who deserve, they're, they're nasty people. They're mean on Twitter. I don't care if you're left or right. There's a lot of really nasty people. Now, he's a good dude. And so him getting roasted hard, I was like, come on, man. Like, he, he, he's, he's, he tries to be good to people, you know, if he got something wrong. But it is a good point. He's, he's a progressive. He's got a very prominent, popular YouTube channel. And he didn't know what a farm looked like. And that says a lot. It does, yeah, because he's a thought leader. And so again, I'm not trying to be mean or disrespectful or anything, but just think about that. Because I've had I've had so many conversations with people on the left, like I, like my friends who live in cities. There's no, they don't have the ability, or I, sh- I should say the um, the experience and the knowledge or the wisdom to connect farms, supply chain, food in your restaurants. It's like they've never put in an order for food. They don't know where it comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when I'll give you an example, man, we've been trying people keep telling us sell beanies, right? They're like, when are you guys going to sell beanies? Well, we can't get them made. First of all, COVID made it really, really hard. But getting the specific product put together, like designed properly, not those nasty acrylic garbage beanies you get at the gas station or like a real a real good one, like the ones I'm wearing, you got to find the place that makes them the place that makes them has to get the right material. And so we call up these companies and they say, we got to order from this place in this part of the country, or even ordering skateboards. Like I, I was doing that when I was a teenager, trying to figure out where the wood's being sourced from and then seeing where that, you know, supply chain comes. Many of these people on the left, they were telling me when I said, I kept telling people printing money will not get you food. And they were like, but dude, you can just go to the store and buy it. Where do you think the food in the store comes from? It comes on a truck. So here's what people don't get. People who live in cities who don't understand this. They've not run a business. They've not built or produced. Maybe they work service jobs or they work digital digital jobs, coding or media or whatever. They don't understand that, that, that supply chain. And so to them, it's just poof, the food appears. Hmm. It's just in the store. And what they really don't get, and this is the crazy one, is that when when the COVID pandemic hit, there were a couple weeks or about a month where it seemed like everything was normal. You go to the store and there was food and there was milk and there were bagels and there was cream cheese. But then one day it was gone. But it was a delayed reaction. Why? The trucks were already being sent out. The shipments came in, docked at the ports, loaded up on trucks, the shipping containers. The trucks then start driving around the country, and it takes um, a certain amount of, there's a delay. So when they announce that they're doing a lockdown, you're not going to just go to the store and everything's gone. Because not only do they cur- have a current stock, they have the wh- the backroom st- stock, then they have like three more shipments, you know, next week, the week after, already lined up a month later. Everything's gone. Yeah. And you go into the store and the toilet paper was gone. Everyone's like, Oh, what's happening? Oh, where's all the toilet paper? It's like, yeah, well, I hope you bought some. That's why
1: it's so easy for them to demonize work, though. You know, um, because they don't value it and they don't understand what people do and why, how they do it and why they produce the, in the way, uh, that they, that they are. I mean, that's the beauty of uh, absolutely, you know, absolutely when it comes to capitalism, that's the beauty for me and why I love it so much. And, and unfortunately, it spoiled a lot of these guys because, yeah, you can have virtually no st- skill, um, not know how this stuff is produced, but you can get something, um, whether it be a water bottle or something that you have no idea how to purify water or something, but you bought it, it's yours. Uh, now you can drink it, you can uh, hydrate yourself, having not ever understood how you got it. And a lot of folks skip that step because yeah. they don't understand. They don't even care to really understand. That's why it's so easy for them to say, why can't we just shut it all down? And then the government can just print money to everybody and they just give it to us while we sit down and do nothing. <laughs> it's so easy for them to say that because they don't understand why it is that we work. They don't understand production. They don't understand why it is that we produce. And it's so frustrating for me I, to, to see people. I, I was a former collegiate athlete and and seeing uh, my, my natural transition was in the gym industry right at college. And to see that that be, that was the first thing to go when it came to the lockdowns, gyms. Yes.
4: That's it was, crazy it me. was
1: so frustrating to me. Not only because I understand, like a lot of guys that own gyms, small and even franchised aren't really usually rich anyway, uh, uh, like that. And you get people put their life savings into trying to open up this gym. They open up this gym and then you say basically, Well, it's not safe for them to, to do what it is that they do. Well, it's not essential. Now, not only was that crazy because of that, but you know, we definitely, when we learn more about the virus and we know who was being impacted the most, you've seen, you think the gym was the place that people wanted to go to try to get their behinds in in some sort of shape. So they, if they do contract this virus, they have a better chance of, of surviving it. But the gyms were the first thing to go, but it's just so easy and how willy-nilly people just say, shut the gym down, shut the salon down. It's no big deal. We don't need it. We just leave these other folks open and they don't understand like why it is that they're producing in the way they are. Isn't there like
0: are. an interesting correlation between the idea that these people don't know where food comes from and also like the body positivity movement mm. and like privilege and all this stuff? Mm. They don't understand the value of not just like labor that produces for the economy, but just good old fashioned rolling up your sleeves and working and the benefits that come with it. Like there, there are people who do, you know, uh, you can, you can, farming is good training. Absolutely. Like actually just like telling a field and doing work. And then you'll realize, man, you got crazy upper body strength from it. A good, a good hard day's work makes you healthy, makes you better. We need it. They don't get that. So now you've got, you know, people who just eat irresponsibly and assume the food's just there and who cares? And they don't got to do anything to take care of themselves. And this this ties into like universal healthcare and stuff. Oh, man. You know what, man? I was actually, uh, I was even recently saying that I was very much in favor of universal health care if it could be accomplished. I like the idea that we take care of everybody and we got to figure out the right way to do it. And one of the arguments I've often made is like, and I think we talked about this, Ian, like if you break your arm, you go to the doctor, they take care of you. You, know, like you, you broke your arm. It's not expensive treatment. It's like standard care. But if you get like a, a serious cancer, then you, then you need private insurance on top of that because that's expensive to, to produce and everything like that. But I'll tell you, I changed my mind on this when I saw that they were giving uh, for the for COVID vaccine racial, racial guidelines, and then I was like, "Whoa, no way, dude! I'm out! I'm out! I'm totally, I'm totally off that but wagon."
1: The thing about me with the healthcare thing and why I just can't take anybody serious for advocating for it—it's because. They certainly don't advocate for, let's say, a mandate on top of the healthcare that you be required to like work out or anything. exactly. Well, that's that was a point I wanted to make, right? Like they don't they don't make that a requirement. They don't even advocate that. This is why well, you that's have fascism. People. Yeah, of course. Like how
0: like of even course. even though I think the Soviets made people do calisthenics. or Yeah, whatever, right?
1: like because obviously you'd be less of a burden on the healthcare system if the the, the healthier you are. But they don't certainly pitch that as an idea. See, that's that's the thing about authoritarianism. If you
0: were going to say, we're going to do universal health care, but the only way to make it work is that everybody has to do a physical or something or, or exercise, that would make sense. And then you're forcing people to do something. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to be like, no, no, no. You can eat all the double bacon, triple cheeseburgers you want, and then we're all going to pay for your health care. sugar. They, with food yeah, stamps, sugar. you
3: go buy Pepsi, and you can buy all Pepsi yeah. with your entire Dude. food That's stamp insane. Stamp.
0: It's, 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 it's crazy, man. When I was criminal, when when I was addictive drugs, when I was 20, but I'm like, even, even outside of that, even outside of like, whether or not you want to rag on sugar. When I was 20, I had a food benefit card when I was effectively, I don't want to say I was homeless in Seattle, but I was like, I moved there. I was pretty broke and I was like sleeping on a couch and I ended up getting a food card. I met, I got a job really quickly within like a month, but while I didn't, they gave me like 80 bucks and I went into a store and they said, you can buy anything that isn't prepared. And I was like, I can buy this this butterfinger. And they're like, yeah. I was like, that's insane. That's crazy. Why are you <laughs> get, like buying candy with it? It's, it's sickness, man. It's 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 like I understand, like, I think benefits are good. Like I like I mentioned, like I was helped by them, you know. Like I was able to I moved to Seattle and then, you know, had a had a hard time and I was able to get like eighty bucks for one month. Not a whole lot of money. It didn't really do a lot for me, but it, it helped me eat and I didn't buy candy bars with it. No. But a lot of people do. No, that's they, like exactly they, they what
1: they what they what they buy. I mean, this is one of the things that I certainly learned uh, when I, I I went into like a huge out of college like this huge like budgeting thing where I was like, I want to know how much money I'm spending and spending it on what. And you just be surprised how much money you spend on stuff that is not obviously nutritious, but more so, how much it's not that it doesn't cost that much. To eat healthy, it really a lot of people think it does. I, I agree, and, man. And, and, but it really doesn't. Like you know, the amount of money, like you go to, I don't know, a Burger King or something, and you get a large meal, you're gonna come out that bad boy paying what, like ten bucks or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. That for that that particular meal. Do you know what you could get at the grocery store? Yeah, like, for for ten bucks, pounds look, look, look. of
3: bananas. What is a banana like a dollar twenty nine a pound? Packed or something? with nutrients. Yeah. not a lot so of, good. You get dude. you
0: get a thing of peanut butter and you get a thing of bananas, and yep. you got two, three meals compared to what you get chicken oh, breast you have, yeah, with
3: rice and yep. a can of beans you have like three meals exactly for like
0: four dollars and we keep hearing them and so it's healthier than salt. that This is, is healthier this than that this, this is what really bothers me I think the modern left is is chock full of low information individuals who ruin the ideas of what the left is supposed to actually be arguing for economic cooperation versus versus economic competition that's like the easiest way I think to break down what left and right would be so I like the idea of social safety nets. The only problem is you have people who are like, they, they, oh, back back to this point, I hear it all over and over again. It's expensive to eat healthy. And they, and they have these videos they put, these viral videos where they're like, but wouldn't you rather just spend a dollar at McDonald's for a double cheeseburger? When I lived in Los Angeles, I was broke. And I was sharing a studio apartment with some friends and I was making only a couple hundred bucks a month. You know what I would do? For 80 cents, I could get four tomatoes and a thing of little, a little thing of mayo, and then for another like fifty cents, I could get a pack of tortillas. There you go. And that was that was just like my my snack for 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 lunch or whatever. But eating tomatoes for like a dollar, I could have like ten times the food. Absolutely. Of a double cheeseburger, and I'll tell you this: they argue, but the cheeseburger's protein and all stuff. Oh yeah, and then I'd buy I think, a thing of peanut butter later, and then I would, you know, like I was broke, I was broke, broke. But could you? I I couldn't spend three dollars on a on a burger. That's one meal. That's one meal. That's one meal. But it's not yeah. good for you. Right. It's like ninety eight percent of your daily sodium. Like you, after that, you just get sick and bloated, and then you get oh man, you get mud butt from eating that trash <laughs> fast, fast fast food. Yeah, no, 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 no good. So I would just, I would just have some tomatoes, some tortillas. I would get some beans and peanut butter, and it would cost me dirt. Man, when you when when I was when I was flat broke, I figured out a way to get the food that I needed, and I was not eating well, not at all. And I've been through a lot of periods of my life where I was not eating well, and that's part of the reason why I'm fairly lefty. But I'm also fairly responsible. So when I got a food cart in Seattle, what I, I would buy fruit juice with it. I would buy like protein and peanut butter. And I was, I what People were telling me like I, I. People would, you could just buy chocolate, chocolate bars, yeah. double cheese. Like you could buy, you could buy freezer cheeseburgers. I'm like,
1: what is, yeah, but that's why how we fix that man. Right, I don't think it can be. I mean, because. The great you know Thomas Sowell, that when he talks about welfare statism and the way that he breaks it down to me is genius and the way it's broken down to me and the way I break it down to everybody else is that I understand the good intention right you 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 have someone that is down and out and you want them to be supported in some kind of way The problem is is that how it's structured and generally how it's structured everywhere else is that you're incentivizing them to fail because what you do is you say is so as long as you meet this line we'll give you whatever it is that you need housing, food, the minute you get above that line, we're stripping it all away from you. And that's what they're doing. You're incentivizing. That's why a lot of folks that are there stay there.
0: You want, you want, you want to know what I, what I really love about this. I'm successful. I'm a high school dropout. When I talk to people about how to succeed and work hard, I say, if you work hard, and you're smart, and you sacrifice, you will succeed. They say, Tim, you're the exception, not the oh, rule. Man. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Then when I say, you know, there was a period in my life where I got, uh, I got welfare, I got food stamps to help me survive. They say, see, it helped you, and then you succeeded. But why aren't I the exception? Yeah, exactly. You see, how, you see how they play it. Yeah. So I actually use that argument. I say, like, I think for me, it's a good example of how it works. I I moved to Seattle. I had, you know, some some some, you know, bad stuff came up. I ran out of money and so I got some food help. I immediately got a job at a local cafe and then I immediately got off of it. I had it for about a month. And a bunch of other people, man, a lot of people that I, that I, you know, knew in Seattle were, they purposefully didn't want to work. Yeah. They would go food bank to food bank. They would just make up lies and excuses to get their benefits and stuff like that. And so I don't know what, you know, I'm not going to, I can only speak for my own personal experiences, but I'll point out when I try and tell people, I'm not the exception. When it comes to hard work and success, not in the least bit. Okay. You want to work for three years with no days off, 16 hour days? Trust me, you'll figure something out yeah. as long as you're dedicated to doing something and making it work. N- n- not, I understand not everybody's going to succeed. Okay. There, but, but it's certainly not an exception to say work, working hard leads to some kind not of. Not at
1: all. I mean, that's the common theme that you see seen with a lot of people. I mean, I grew up in a single parent household. Mother didn't have, uh, uh, too much of anything. I remember wearing the same and shoes for a couple, couple of years, even though I was growing. Um, no, that's a real thing. But I, my mother worked, my mother was working two, three jobs at a, at a time to, just to try to get me to do stuff that I wanted to do. But I'm, am I the exception to the, the, the food card thing then? Well. I would well. That's an argument to be made, and I think you are to be completely honest. Because you look at the how intergenerational poverty works in this country, right? It's not like it's this way uh, mechanism where people. Because yes, it's true that folks slide up and down economic classes all the time. That is absolutely true. That is irrefutable. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't talk about it enough. But when you talk about people that are considered in 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 poverty, the reason why that term intergenerational poverty exists is because it's exactly that. Where you have someone that comes in poor remains poor and to sit up here and think that, and this is what, what actually frustrates me as someone that came from that style of living. I grew up banging. There's nothing that anybody can tell me about living, living that particular lifestyle and to see folks that include my own father, uh, to see folks that didn't do everything it was that they could do to get out of that situation was what kind of changed my mind. Obviously, as I gotten older, because I'm out working the people that are right next to me, and they say, "Well, they're gonna give it to me anyway." The money, uh, Section Eight housing or whatever it is that I that I have that I'm getting, I want to stay exactly where I am at. And this is why when we talk about welfare and we talk about needs and we talk about necessity, I certainly understand all of those arguments. And there's absolutely arguments to be made, but to sit here and act like every single person that is in that particular position, it doesn't really matter if you're poor or rich, but certainly when we're talking, just to make it unique to this conversation, if you're talking about those to act like it's every, that they've number one done everything they could get out of it is horse crap, but most importantly, let's not talk as if there aren't people that done everything they could to get into that and to remain exactly where they are. My, my own father speaks to that.
3: Yeah, man, you it's the nail on the head, dude. It's the elephant in the United States people aren't talking about that you're incentivized to remain on food stamps yep. or to continue to collect unemployment. And if you get a job that makes 500 bucks a week, you're going to lose your $600 a week unemployment That's check. a problem. Yep. That,
0: that, that's but, but I think that shows that could we possibly fix that system? Yeah, I
3: think UBI is a step towards fixing it so that you still uh, get the benefit. You strip away food stamps. You strip I away see, Social but Security. But that's the thing,
1: though. And and, and and that's what a lot of even you'd have. I mean, I don't want to say Hayek actually made that argument. It's a misconception that he actually made it. But would that be better than what we have? Now, absolutely, but that's the thing, though. It's not gonna come that way. It's not gonna. If they implement UBI, if you think that they're stripping everything else away on top but, of that, absolutely but, not. But, but think about the same problem we we're just talking about.
0: Let's say you get rid of all those programs, like Andrew Yang was saying. You get rid of all the, all, the, all the other spending. We give everybody a thousand bucks. It actually isn't that much more. It it is a lot of trillions of dollars. But what happens then when you got someone who gets a thousand dollars and they're like, I can pay my rent, or yeah. we can go to Six Flags. Yeah. Let's go to Six Flags because a thousand bucks, I can spend it however I want. And then they become homeless so it's it it's personal choice to it's a, it's-
1: but that that's the thing that uh that's why when we talk about this and and welfare statism, we have to consider the individual above all because we aren't all wired the same way, and that right. to me isn't isn't a bad thing that's a great thing that we aren't wired the, wired the same way, but the reason why we advocate for certainly guys like myself advocate for freer markets is because we all are different in that aspect, and certain people have certain skill sets that they can utilize to Let's say maintain some sort of comfortable living. Everybody does. There's I don't care who, who, who you are. Now you might not be taking advantage of it, but I believe that we all can work uh, uh, towards that. Unfortunately, the welfare state, and certainly when it comes to the economic or more political left, they don't they don't even highlight that because it's like you're poor, you're where you're at. I have to come save you. There's only there's only
0: two real privileges, in my opinion. We hear all about privilege, you know, white privilege, male mm-hmm. privilege, whatever. The first and most important, I think, is intelligent privilege. You're if if you're a smart person, and not everybody is smart. Nope. and I, you know, then you're gonna you're gonna do better if you can plan and strategize. Now you can earn all that though. You can you can study, and some people, you know, they say might learn some things better. There's like I forgot what it's called. It's uh, pe- people have people learn in different ways. Like some people learn through physical, you know, th- some learn through reading, some learn through doing, but you can actually study and work hard. But that's that's where the real privilege comes in. Your willingness to work hard. And that's in you. And that's a choice. Yeah, and Everybody can make that choice. A
3: clean running water is another privilege. Because if you have lead in your
0: water, you're going to come out stupid. Sure. That's a good point. But if you work hard enough, and there are certainly, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be overly simplistic. But the point I'm trying to make is, no matter where you are in the world, there are people who are doing better than others. You know, so they're, they're like, you, you, you can pick a, a relatively poor nation. And you'll find there are people there who are wealthier than the average American. They found a way. They they, they were smart about it. Some places they do bad things to do. Yeah. <laughs> <it>. but, <laughs> of course. But, but, you know, when you look at somebody who's committing crimes, there are some really dumb and simple crimes, theft. But there are some enterprise crimes, smuggling, cartels or whatever. They're manipulating the system to get what they want. And I don't think it's a good thing. I'm just saying... You're right about the lead. Definitely. You're poisoned. You're in a, you know, crappy, you know, p- position. It's going to be a lot harder for you than somewhere else in the world. But, but uh, if you're willing but, to work harder.
1: Right. Exactly. But that's the thing. Like, and why not highlight that? You know, it's always a focus and an overemphasis, at least in my honest opinion about, okay, some people can't do this. And I always respond to that. Well, some people can. You know what, man? And, and there's, I'm going to give a shout out to this guy I've been watching
0: on Instagram. His name is Nick Mullins. He's blind. And he's probably one of the best skateboarders I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even kidding. My mind is blown. There's the Barracks is like a very popular skateboarding website. And they've been promoting this documentary about this dude who is like uh, he got sick and then he got he got a staph infection and it destroyed his eyesight. He's totally blind. And you watch him skate and he's he's skating on like a six foot half pipe. You know, like, you know, you see, like it's not it's not as big as what Tony Hawk would do, but he's doing tricks I can't do. And his and when he skates, his head doesn't move. You, he can't see; he's blind. What's your excuse, man? There are people with no legs that skate, and they do some of the craziest skateboarding tricks. They got no legs. What's your excuse? So look, I, I, I understand. It's fair to say if you're drinking lead water and it's messed your brain up, yeah, you're. It, it's going to hold you back for sure. I I, I understand that. Or if you're crippled, or you've got some—I uh, don't know if that's a, 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 a proper term—but yeah, no, but no. If but you're to that point, or or To whatever. that
1: point, though, there are folks that are doing very amazing things that are in those positions. Uh, one of my video editors actually isn't is in that physical well, has a physical disability. The best video editor that I that I know, because they find ways to ways to get it. So, watching this guy uh, the other day on, on like you know Facebook gaming, every now and then like pops up on my like video feed or whatever, and I was sitting here watching this guy. He's paralyzed. From like the 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 like neck down, and he's like using his mouth and his and his head to play Call of Duty, like a Warzone or whatever. Wow. And he is like slaying. He's obviously way better than anything that I ever <laughs> I cool. ever could. Do. It was the coolest thing that I can. But I see stuff like that and I get inspired. Like dude, that's just how I am. I'm just, I, I just get inspired. I
0: watched this video on Instagram of this dude skating blind. And I'll just, I'll give you an example of one of the tricks he did. I think he did like an, I think he did a nollie, uh, nollie backside, big heel flip to back over crook and then just pop in regular. It's jargon to most of you, but a skateboarder is probably understood what I said. He's blind. Okay. He can't see. And so I went on my mini ramp and I was like, all right, let's see what I got. I closed my eyes. I just fell. <sighs> I couldn't even, I, I can skate a mini ramp pretty well. And I, and I closed my eyes one time. I could not do it. And I'm just like, man, talk about your willingness to work hard, your refusal to give up. And you could not see and still be better at skateboarding than most skateboarders in the world. That's, it's amazing. But
1: that's why, it's you humans, know, what, what people don't talk about is that, you know, a, a, a big percentage of millionaires like in this country right now are self-made. They didn't come by way of some trust fund or, or mom and daddy had had a business that they inherited no, they were. They started in, in in similar positions as us, and then they went and got it. And this is why I just can't let people make it uh with an excuse. And for me, that to me, when I hear stories like that, that's inspiring. But for for whatever reason, folks look at that. Well, you're like you mentioned earlier, you're the exception to the rule. Not everybody else can do that. And that's to me is just such a toxic way to think. You'll never get over the hump if your if your position is always wearing about, OK, I can't do it. I'll never be able to be in this position. Other people have other people were in worse positions and are now in better positions. If you're always thinking like that, then of course you're going to remain exactly like where you're at. And unfortunately when it comes to the government and how powerful they are, they incentivize you to stay exactly right there. And then we talk about progressive taxation, and the more that you make, the more they take uh there anyway. And it's it's a it's a it's a it's a way, it's a dependency thing. Um that's a part of the state, and this is why they don't want you to be self sufficient. They want it to come uh from them because they don't want you to be able to create for yourself.
0: See, I'm not an ANCAP though. You know okay. I'm I'm actually yeah, I know. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty lefty on a yeah. lot of
1: economic policy issues. I
0: think one of the challenges we have right now is <clears throat> Mackenzie Bezos, really good example. She's not like you know everybody likes to say Soros, lefty billionaire pumping money into like crazy ideas. Mackenzie Bezos is a good example because, uh, as I I think it's it's you're not allowed to say this. She got her money from her husband. She did, right? Like, literally, literally did, literally did, okay. yeah. literally did. That. Apparently, like somebody tweets that and they got like, they got attacked saying like, how dare you? She did. She divorced her husband. And she got a lot large portion of the money, and now she's putting billions of dollars into woke programs. See, that's the—that's one of the issues I have with unfettered capitalism in this sense.
1: See, I wouldn't say that that's unfettered capitalism. That's—I mean—one of the most when you talk about divorce courts and all of that like we don't live in any sort of market there uh I- anyway those are one of the most some of the most i mean definitely when we talk about people's kids and and, and all of that getting involved like those are one of the most crooked like status sure, institutions sure. like but, in but the in the world what
0: i mean what, what i mean specifically is imagine if it wasn't even divorce it's just a person with billions of dollars looking you in the eyes and say everything you believe in i can wash away with the snap of my fingers because i was given money Yeah. So I don't like the idea that billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg, you you hear about what's going on with him. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he put tons of money into election systems and a bunch of districts like like Philadelphia got millions of dollars to help run their elections. Republicans are are furious. They're like, is that even legal? And I'm like, dude, I don't like the idea that people get super rich and then can basically override our political system.
1: Well, that's why I don't like the. That's why I don't want the political system there in the first place for them to override. And this is why, you know, we talk about <laughs> cronyism and all of those sorts of sorts of concepts. And unfortunately, people blame that stuff on capitalism as I've been screaming from the mountaintops to get rid of this, get rid of that institution, get rid of uh privatize this. Why is the government monopolizing this service when it can easily we accept that for food or something like that, that it's that's the, the government should not be involved in that. Yet, for whatever reason, we apply it to other things. Certainly, that the state controls, and then we just act as if they have to have it. If we're going to talk about like capitalism, um, and 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 like, l- is it good versus is it bad? We I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Nobody can look me in the eye and say what we have now is anything close to that. And a lot, this is why a lot of rich folk, a lot of rich folks, specifically in America. When it comes to who who, who they pay and, and and how they lobby, how they vote, who they book dance for, every single election cycle, it's not like they're out there supporting libertarians or something no, like that. Not. not at all. They still go support progressive Democrats because they benefit from a lot of these policies, not just with with uh, uh uh like regulation or anything like that, but with grants, like with 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 the fact that you can just come up with some concept and you know you can apply for uh whatever, and the government can use your taxpayer dollars to line these. people. People's pockets. The prison system is is a big time a, example of that, and the fact that people blame that on we they say we got private prisons. No, we don't. We don't have private prisons. Like the 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 fact that they're the, the the people that they're housing, the criminals that they're housing, they're not housing criminals that have violated something from that that had there was an actual act of aggression. Like there's like an actual private property right violation be it in self-ownership or something like that of course not no they're enforcing the laws that and maintaining said um enforcements of the rules by way of of
0: of the state well i'll i'll I'll, I'll add to your point about we don't have private prisons i think if you look at the big picture we don't you know why how do where, where do private prisons get their money from
1: I mean, if they were if they were legitimately, well, well you talking about the ones that exist Wait, right now? The, the ones the left has. We got these private
0: prisons, right? Yeah. Where's that money coming they're from? Coming from the state, exactly. <laughs> so the, the, they're private in the sense that they get paid per head in the prison. Yeah. That's, but it's from but the that's government. That's it. It's yeah, still, exactly. still the government running these things. So you know, I've I've had my arguments about private prisons, but I think the bigger argument is prison reform in general. Yeah. And I think, you know, my problem with with the left is one we went over this, like not knowing what a farm is. Like, come on, man. <laughs> You know, like, we, we can have a discussion about uh, economic cooperation versus economic competition, but not if you don't know where the chain of production is at all, or, like, how it, how it starts. So I look at, like, the left that we have in this country, and for the most part, it's, like, malformed. I, I think, to be completely honest, I've talked about this quite a bit, if, I like, idealistically, I'm very left libertarian, but that works on a farm. It doesn't work in, 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 a, in a city. It doesn't work in a town. You need some way to allow freedom of enterprise – and a decentralized method by which you allocate resources. Yeah. If you try and take left libertarianism to a grand scale, it just becomes authoritarianism yeah. because you can't enforce cooperation. True. Once you do, then you're a com- you're you're a tanky. You're you're telling people <laughs> what they have to do. So it's really interesting to see like the Democratic Socialists of America say like we're not authoritarians. They claim that Bernie Sanders, for instance, on the libertarian spectrum. Let me let me let me tell you something. I'm actually not a hardcore taxation and theft kind of person. You know, Luke has the hat and Yeah, shirt. of course. Yeah. He's one of, he one of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I don't, but I'll tell you this. You got to recognize that if Bernie Sanders comes in and one of his proposals was 20% of every company should be to go to the workers. Okay, if you go into a factory where people are making, I don't know, uh, shoes, and then you have cops with you and you say, from now on, you have to do this, like, you're forcing them to do it. Now, you can, you can tell me it's the right thing. That's fine. But you got to recognize it's the authority that grants you that right to do so. So the way I put it is, if you want to really break it down, if you go to someone's house with a gun and say, give me your stuff because I'm smarter than you and I'm going to use it appropriately, like we call that stealing. When it comes to the government, <laughs> now, the argument I would make is that it's supposed to be. A pooled cooperative place where we can agree upon, you know, what we do and how we do things. But this is the inversion of what I said before about left libertarian. Left libertarian is great. I I love saying this bit. You're you're on a farm with your friends, and like your hippie friend walks in, he's like, "I grew these watermelons. You want to share them with me?" (laughs) It's like it's really easy when it's just doing your buddies. I think you know we had uh, Jack Murphy on, and he said that you know like at the home. I think it was Jack who said this in the home. You're a communist, right? Yes. You give everything to your kids. They don't, you know, they maybe do chores for it, but it's just given. So the so uh, I think I'm losing my train of thought. But anyway, the idea is once you get too big in terms of trying to be, like, uh, helping everybody, you just become oppressive. You become the oppressor yeah. of everybody. So it's like the inverse. If you go too far in one direction, you're no longer – you no longer have a shared pool of resources where we can work together. You have things being taken by force. Yeah. So I think there's a happy medium, a place where, you know, you have a small town or whatever – And it really does work in small towns where people do pay a tax. It's very little. It's barely any. It's negligible, but it does support local, you know, know, like water and stuff like that. But when you get really, really big, then $10 million goes to Pakistani gender studies when people aren't working.
1: That's a problem. But see, that's why I would say in terms of what I advocate, the way I define, I know we talk about capitalism in a modern sense, not how Marx defined it or anything. Let's talk about, you know, me and, you know, me being an anarcho-capitalist, how I generally define it is to, you know private ownerships of goods and services and the free and voluntary exchange of those private goods and services. And this is why you will never find an actual, let's say libertarian in in that sense, Um, in in the, in the modern libertarian sense, since Rothbard hijacked the term, right? In in the modern libertarian sense, you're not going to find any libertarian that is opposed to people in groups pulling their resources together to provide a particular service. None of them will ever oppose that. It's the means in which how that how is that accomplished? Is it voluntarily entered, or is it by way of the gun? If it's voluntarily entered, and this is why some people call themselves voluntarist, then that's perfectly fine. And this is why it's not when people say that let's say libertarian or most of capitalism, it's specifically about is it like um let's say uh profit. And I say no, it's not because if I own this water bottle, I bought this water bottle, I own it. It is mine. I can sell it to you, you can buy it, or I can give it to you. Still, capitalism won't, either way that it goes. I could sell it for a private, say if I purchased it for one, i sell it to you for $2. Or I can just say, hmm, I don't need this water anymore, do you want it? And I can give it to you voluntarily. Those both exist in a capital, what we deem as capitalism. And unfortunately, a lot of folks pin it on like, Pure profit. And no, this is yeah. why we, we we like the concepts of charity. We like the, the concepts of volunteerism if you guys in a neighborhood or something like that want to pool your resources to provide certain services in the neighborhood, security or something like that. No libertarian is going to be like, I don't want that.
0: I think the left uh, has a different definition of profit.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they
0: look at profit like, you know, you're the CEO or you're a shareholder of a pharmaceutical company. You do literally no work for the company. Sit back and you get money off of the, the drugs people are paying. Whereas the actual word profit just means that, you know, the, the capital raised after costs are covered. Right. So if I, if I made this water bottle and it cost me $5 to make, my labor is the profit. Yep. I say, I'll sell it to you for $6 and take a dollar for myself. That's, that's $1 profit, but it's what pay, covers the cost of my labor. Yeah. The, the bigger problem, I, I guess, is, you know, for me, I think we got a problem if there are people in the society who leech off of everybody else's labor. You know, I don't care if it's a government or a private institution. That's true. So when I see big, massive pharmaceuticals and, you know, they're paying millions of dollars to executives who aren't and, – and I'm not saying every executive does nothing. A lot of them work really, really hard. But you got a lot of people who get paid a lot for nothing. And I'll give you a better example. It's like these media companies. You mm. want to talk about the problem of profit? Let's talk about how they, they – they, they, it's, it's – I'll tell you, man. There's a really weird class system in capitalism. Uh, Or at least whatever you can call what the system we're in right now. Because it's not a pure capitalism, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, people who get paid $50,000 a year to write listicles about, you know, cartoons and other nonsense. And it happens. And I'm like, why are they getting all that money when somebody who's working, like picking apples, is getting paid 10 bucks an hour? The actual labor to produce our food. This is a lefty argument. Mm -hmm. But it's the left that defends those institutions and the extraction of value and labor through these systems.
1: Yeah. I mean, They're okay with it. And that's the problem with like, definitely when we talk about, you know, with, be with pharmaceuticals, and this is why I'm always trying to get to the root of the problem as, as opposed to just slapping a Band-Aid on a wound or something like that. When we talk about some of these institutions that exist, including media companies, we got to talk about like monopolization. And and I, that is not I know a lot of people say that they fear monopolization in the in a libertarian society because they think that the government uh, does something uh, to stop it. And I would encourage you to name one monopoly that has ever existed in human history. Bell monopoly doesn't matter what it is. I was going to say Bell, uh, Bell monopoly <laughs> that 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 has existed but didn't use the state. To leverage themselves into to, to the position that they have, right. I, I talked about like net neutrality. I went through the net. I have a video that I talk about uh, going through the, the 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 great detail of that, um, and how even the Bell monopoly be it, it would use the state and local governments to to basically price people, not even price people out of the market. Basically, say you can't produce here, like you cannot yeah. if you even no matter if you had the money, you had the uh, you were willing to do the construction in the area, no. You cannot produce here because the state has basically said that you can do that. Like, that's a problem. When we talk about IP law, that's another one. When we talk about that, we have to discuss those issues if we're going to, like, not just hammer capitalism, but just markets.
0: I think one of the challenges, though, is uh, what happens when everything is owned? All property everywhere is owned by somebody. Like, we're we're there now. Like, there's there's state land. Well, the state owns it. The state controls it. So what do you do then when you can't go anywhere? And you're forced. So, so here, I'll tell you what the, the problem I have with taxes in a certain sense is a lot of people ask, I have to pay taxes. What, what where, where can I go where I don't pay taxes? And it's like, well, you can't. Yeah. If you're born in this country, you have to, and you've never agreed to that, but you live here and you do reap the benefits. So I was, I was pushing libertarian buttons a while ago, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I was making a funny argument. I said not paying taxes is theft. You know why? Imagine if you live in New York City. And we all decided we're going to pitch in our money to build this bridge. And you use that bridge and you use the, the roads that we all decided to pay for, but you won't pay for it. Well, you're stealing from us. If that well, if that's the
1: thing, though, if it was the voluntary, state, if it was voluntary, then <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But that's not what we have. The state has monopolized it. And then they said, even if you wanted to build a road, you know, I'm in out of Texas. You know, you want it. You want to build a road. You have to go through us. You have to go. You can't. You can't just up and up and build a road. No, 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 no. no. So when we when we talk about transportation and and, and movement and, and and that sort of freedom, uh, definitely in this country, it's it all starts with the state. So my issue, and I don't think any libertarians' issue is going to be that. Okay, if you if I am am, am reaping a benefit from a service, I have absolutely no problem paying for that. I have no problem. I would rather everything be privatized so I can itemize that. Uh, So if I'm using uh, this 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 road company's road and and I have the road pass or or what everybody loves to talk about my roads. So I have my road (laughs) my my, my road pass uh, that I paid for uh, uh, paid for. I'm perfectly fine with that. What I'm not okay with is the state saying, okay, I'm going to monopolize it. Uh, You can't build a road and then I'm going to. You know, because I have your money, it's guaranteed. I can either print it out there or I can tax it up out of you. I can drag my feet when I need I, to fix this or build a new one. Or something I, I like, like that. the
0: idea of a referee, you know, making sure people aren't dumping chemicals in the drinking water and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But I'll tell you what the real problem is. You know, because I, I know everybody always brings up the roads. The easiest way I'll explain how taxation is theft. No, no. I, I, again, I don't use that. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not the staunch. Yeah. But I'll yeah, tell yeah. you this: if you come to my house, and you tell me you're taking my money from me and you have guys with guns and they got their hands on their hips like you pay taxes or else and then I say okay is this money gonna go to a pool in our community to help us live better and they go no it's going to package gender Pakistani gender studies and then I'm gonna be like okay you're stealing from me to give to people inside the plant to learn about gender gender programs okay I'm sorry man now we got a problem yeah especially right now so I I, I definitely agree if taxes were really about could you imagine we could have fixed Flint a long time ago? Oh, a long time How ago. How much money? It wouldn't even take that much to fix Flint relative to the garbage we're spending, you know, on like Luke bringing up eating <laughs> bugs and lizards on treadmills. Listen, man, I know I was saying there's an argument about eating bugs to like to see what humans can and will eat, but I'm willing to forego a couple of years of whether or not humans will eat bugs and <laughs> frogs will, or lizards will walk on treadmills. It means we get Flint fixed up, right? Yeah, that's what taxes are supposed to be about. And I think you make, you make a really good point. I think every libertarian would gladly itemize and pay for all of the roads and all of the plumbing and all the services yeah. as long as you showed them, oh, you're going to use this. Here's the, here's the cost. Instead, it's like you wake up one day, you know, a couple thousand dollars missing from your paycheck, you know, at the end of the, uh, the end of the month or end of the year or whatever. And you're like, I have no idea where it went. Yep. All Someone right. just took it and it's gone. I'm pretty libertarian,
3: but I wouldn't. That makes me nervous because if Bezos owned all the roads.
1: But, but Bezos, that's the thing, though. Like, I know it's, it's a fear of monopolization. But when we talk about like Amazon and a big part of, 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 you know, even with them and how they got their money is government like contracts. Right. So when we talk about that, like in, in people and how do they get into the positions that they have, how are they able to get the assets it is um, um, that they have? What we always look to, unfortunately, is what we, what exists right now. And we say, well, if this person, Bill Gates, who we might not like right now, he might do this than that. But I'm like, OK, I understand it. And I can make it. I, I'm with you 100 percent on that and being fearful. But we don't have right now this like market economy. We don't have a free market, uh, low tax, uh, set, uh, t- low to no tax uh, society in which we live in in, in, in which people are freely and voluntarily able to engage. Business licensing is another one. One of the most crooked things that exists uh, by way of the state where they basically put it behind not just a paywall, but some arbitrary sort of uh, 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 licensing agreement where you can't even in certain areas braid people's hair. No matter yeah. if you got the great talent, yep. you can't even braid people's hair without having a license and they'll shut well, dude, you down.
0: Do you know what started the Arab Spring? Tell me. There was a dude who was trying to sell fruit from a fruit cart. The government would let him. Did there you go. What he did? He went in front of a building and set himself on fire. Oof. Sparked off. People snapped. That was it.
1: That's all it takes. That's all it takes. But, but my yeah. thing is, like, I, uh, I, even with leftists, there are a lot of things that I don't want to say we have common ground on many things. I don't think that's more so what it is. It's that a lot of us see that there's a problem is more so what it is. Like you can assess that there's an issue, that there is a near trillion dollar bill that's going to a bunch of things that people don't want to pay for. And I don't care where you're at, right, left, up, down, wherever you consider yourself. Generally, people can acknowledge what is wrong. Where well, we differ is the solution. And unfortunately, a lot of people are trying to slap Band-Aids on the solution and not chipping away at the actual root of the problem. And that's what a lot of, certainly I would uh, p- think people like myself, is I'm trying to chip away at that. Why is this a problem? Not the fact that it's a problem now. Yes, it's an issue right now. But how did it get to that point? Because if you just slap a Band-Aid on, like when we talk about money right now, let's just shift the money. That's not necessarily the issue here. You, you know how I describe it?
0: I always say, you know what, I'm I am absolutely in favor of social programs and, you know, taxes, but I'll look at it this way. There was a certain point in our in our society where we got we got injured. We got a cut on our arm. And so we were like, Okay, we all agree we're gonna pool our money together and we're gonna get a band aid and we're gonna cover up that wound in our society. We did. A couple of years went by, nobody cared anymore, and they looked at it and saw it was festering and gangrenous and they said you guys want to put another bandit on top of it? And they said, yeah, okay. And they slapped another bandit on top. Yep. And now it's yep. been 100 years and we have this giant smoldering fester of infected arm because what you need to do is you, need, you start a program. The problem I see with government programs is they don't fail. Private yep. enterprise fails. Bingo. You know when it doesn't work because it doesn't work. If you have a government program and it fails – what we need to do is we need to set time limits. Okay, we're going to do an EBT card program. It will li- it will have this much money and it will last for one year and then it's gone. And it must be re-voted again by a legislative body to appropriate funding for it in the next session or something like that. We don't do that. We just say we're allocating $10 million for Pakistani gender programs and no one bats an eye and the money just gets siphoned uh, but, off and but, it goes but, in the garbage. And, and
1: again, this is why I'm, I'm all for privatization because like you said, could you imagine any any sort of institution, um, private? Spending on the, I mean, 20-some we, we, trillion, we're going to creep it on 30 maybe. 27 uh, trillion. Uh, 27, right, yes, <laughs> uh, in our debt. Could you imagine a private enterprise operating like that for as long as they have been operating? It's one thing to take a loss for a year. It's another thing to take a, 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 a that big of a right. loss and then know that you're, you're, you're taking the loss and still spend the money that you don't but, have. But, but, come on, to be honest, if my business was failing,
0: but I did have a lot of guns. My business is going to last forever. <laughs> well, that's, you know I mean, mean
1: that's uh, that's that's the problem with the state, right? <laughs> is that is that it's not even just about the gun. It's that it's that monopolization um, of, of more so the law and and the approach. So it's like if the government fails, what can you do? There's nothing that there's not much that you can do unless the mass majority of people just decide to revolt. That's, that's why
0: I think time limits. I think uh, like like it's got to be a limited. Uh, any program we implement should be limited. With a finite amount of money, and it expires
1: and it's gone. The problem with that is that it operates under the eye, uh, under the guise that the state is efficient, and I think they've shown, yeah. and, and they don't have the incentive. I think that's the most important thing, because I get exactly what it is that you're saying. But the problem is, it needs is to that fail. right? It, it, it needs to, and and they're incentivized actually to do that. It's like, okay, look, we have this, whether it be with. um uh, the central banking system. And, and what it does is because we've monopolized that, too, it allows us to basically monetize. Um, Federal Reserve has allowed us in, in combination with the Treasury to monetize our debt. Right. So when you're not operating with money that you're bringing in, that you have to bring in and also money, that is it's reliant upon the consumer. The consumer and there because there's actual competition, the consumer decides, OK, I'd rather my dollar go here versus there because I don't like the way that it is that you're operating. Unfortunately, how it works right now with the state is nothing like that. It doesn't matter. Like the, the state sucks. Everybody knows it sucks. Nothing happens. There's no uh, opt out program. I don't want to pay for that. Why am I paying for uh, uh, Social Security? I can save my money uh better than any any other government uh c- certainly could that's not how it works anyway what the state does is they tax the current generation to subsidize the previous generation your money's gone yep. by the time you um by the time you're of of that age to accept the money you're just living off the current generation uh when that when that happens but that's the problem is that and that's what I'm talking about when I say chipping. It's like an ax. You're chipping at a lot of people are ch- chipping at these branches and not trying to go at the root of the problem. The state monopolization of, of a lot of these different things. This is why not just competition. It's not just about competition. We That's a big part of it. But it's about that free enterprise to allow people to voluntarily come up with solutions to a lot of these problems. We don't have that. And the state knows that they don't have, have to do that because they, they monopolized everything.
0: I, I was reading that there's a correlation between the strength of a country's economy and the. the. The ease at which a citizen or civilian can start a business. Absolutely. I wanna wanna read this. I wanna wanna show you guys this. This is from Wikipedia. It's uh, Mohammed Bouazizi. He was 26. He set himself on fire. He was a street vendor. And that sparked the Arab Spring, revolutions in multiple countries. Because one dude who was 26 had enough. And I wanna tell you just the the, the general uh, base of the story. They say, according to friends and family, local police officers had allegedly targeted and mistreated Bouazizi for years including his, during his childhood, regularly confiscating his small wheelbarrow of produce. But Bozizzi had no other way to make a living, so he continued to work as a street vendor. Around 10 p.m. on the 16th of December, 2010, he had contracted approximately $200 in debt to buy the produce, produce he was to sell the following day. On the morning of the 17th, he started his work day at 8 a.m. Just after 10.30 a.m., the police began harassing him again, ostensibly because he did not have a vendor's permit. However, while some sources state that street vending is illegal in Tunisia and others that Bouzizi lacked a required permit to sell his wares, according to the head of C.D. Bozid's State Office for Employment and Independent Work, no permit is needed to sell from a cart. Bouzizi did not have the funds to bribe police officials to allow his street vending to continue. Similarly, two of Bouzizi's siblings accused authorities of attempting to extort money from their brother. And during an interview with Reuters, one of his sisters stated, What kind of repression do you, do you imagine it takes for a young man to do this, a man who has to feed his family? By buying goods on credit, where, when they find him and take his goods, in C.D. Wazid, those with no connections and no money for bribes are humiliated, insulted, and not allowed to live. So ultimately, they took his stuff from him. He decides he can't do anything anymore. He has no means to make a living. Think about that. You got. You really got to. You got. You got to imagine you're in this position. You have no chance to make money, to run your business. You take on debt. You want to work hard. The dude clearly wanted to work, but the state would not let him. Yeah. So he goes, sets himself on fire. Now think about how crazy this is. The Arab Spring. We saw military dictators removed from power after decades. All because the small, this, this, this government, these government actors in Tunisia were like, you can't sell those apples or whatever fruit he had. And that's all it took. They shut this guy's down. His chance to run a business and survive and feed his family. And he wasn't, he was, he's, you know, you know, I'll tell you this. I talk about a referee and talk about playing fair. And, and the example I use is dumping chemicals in the water, or poisoning the water supply. A dude selling fruit on the street corner. They wouldn't let him do it. So he ignited this massive wave of revolutions. <laughs> I, I tell you this, That's if, if when all that was going down, I assure you that people like Gaddafi and Mubarak were sitting there. And they I, I probably weren't, but just imagine them saying, like, I wish those 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 cops didn't harass that guy for a permit because none of yeah. this would have happened if they just let him sell some fruit. And that's
1: like all took. Uh, that's, of course, an example. That's an historic example and one that people needs to pay attention to. But you'd be surprised how many examples, obviously not people setting themselves on fire, but how mm. many examples of people that are either fined um, that fine turns into a warrant. They're thrown in jail because of something like that. Just because of the state has decided that you don't have the proper licensing, which should be privatized as well, but you don't have the proper licensing to to, let's say, sell this particular product. It sounds insane, but that's exactly what happens in this country right now. Let me let me
0: tell you something. I just did a quick Google search. What are the gun laws in Tunisia? And I pulled up this Reddit post. I don't know if it's true. But they ask from two years ago, how strict are gun laws here? I can't seem to find anything about Tunisian gun laws anywhere. I just know that basically no civilian has them. Top comment says gun laws are very strict. No civilian can own or carry a gun except for hunters who are required to get a permit and a license for to uh for a license for a hunting rifle, and even then they have to inform local police, uh, local police station in their area that they're going to go hunt so they can get permission. I just I just looked that up because you know I'm wondering. If somebody in America was put in a position like that, I was like, I can't imagine they'd light themselves on fire. They mm. might do something real crazy. Yeah. And then I wondered, like, I wonder why this guy chose to do that. And then I looked it up, like, you know, in America, people got guns like yeah. crazy, Yeah. you know? And yeah. so if somebody was on the verge, I'll put it this way. It's one quote, man. I love it. because I brought it up several times in the past week from Ulysses S. Grant. He said, it is the right of any person if they feel repressed by their government to enact a revolution. But you have to know that you're putting your life, your property, and your guarantees as a a citizen on the line. And should you lose, you must live under the rules of your conqueror. So you've got people right now with the COVID lockdown with these videos, man, these videos of dancing nurses. That's the mockery. But I'll I'll put it this way. Your life has been destroyed. Everything you worked for, your, your small business, your restaurant, it's gone. It's been shut down. A third of small businesses in New Jersey, gone. So everything you dreamed of, everything you fought for has been taken from you. That's your that's that's your property gone. Your life. You're fighting so hard to survive and eat food, and they're threatening that as well. So you've already made the choice for so many people. That's what scares me when I see that quote. I'm like, if you're if you listen to Grant was telling people you're choosing to put those things on the line, I get that. But what happens when the state makes people put those on the line already? You have no guarantees as a citizen. Your First Amendment, your constitutional rights have been taken from you. You can't gather. You can't you can't go out and drink with your friends, even though the First Amendment says you can peaceably assemble f- for whatever reason. You can't go to church. Now your property's gone. And now you're at the risk of losing your life. People are going to explode. Now I'll tell you the dancing nurse thing is insult to injury. You've got these people at a time when and, and they say, Oh, but they're stressed out and they're dancing. Bro, they're dancing on graves. Yeah. There are people at these hospitals who are dying and they're putting out these videos where they're dancing on graves. So anyway, I, I bring that up just to say like You take those factors from Ulysses S. Grant. And I feel like people in this country are ready to explode. And you, and we've already seen some crazy stuff go down. We've seen some political violence. But then you add the insult on top of it. The Gretchen Whitmers, Lori Lightfoot's going out and getting their hair done. Gavin Newsom going out to dinner. They're slapping you in the face. They're dancing in hospitals where there's supposed to be this crisis going on. That's the insult. They're spitting on you after they've taken everything from you. I think people are going to explode. And that's what I bring up. In Tunisia, a guy... Set himself on fire. America's very different. Yeah. And that's that's why I've been talking about the dramatic escalation and the potential for real serious, some kind of civil conflict of sorts or whatever. With January 6th coming up, I got worried. That's why I, I – I'll, I'll tell you this too. I'm getting away from these cities. Taxes are too high. They're ridiculous. The rules and restrictions are nuts. And so I chose to, I chose to go somewhere else and it makes it hard to get good internet you know what i mean yeah, so it's like you you, you take that. it's a trade
1: off though yeah it's if, like they were fiber with me right I, I try to stay in the middle of nowhere and get fiber it's like a yeah, trade off i got to get one or the other um there's certain pockets you can but you bring up a great point um about when it comes to the lockdowns, right? This can got kicked down the road for, what, eight, nine months. This, this is March. What we? We're about to enter into 2021. It's ten, actually ten,
0: 10 months to slow the spread.
1: Yes. It, it's, it's amazing how long that's going, going on, but you're starting to see it, especially in spots like New Jersey that are very, very strict. And you're starting to see people say no more, bro. And I honestly, the, when we talk about it, if we can get on the other side of this peacefully, or as peaceful as possible. Let's say that. I don't want to say peacefully. Let's say as peaceful as possible. It ha- It may have to come by way of mass forms of civil disobedience.
0: Where- I, think, I think nonviolent civil disobedience would end it overnight.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like <clears throat> if everybody just
0: went up and said business. no,
1: no more like we don't care. You can't arrest us all uh and, and just go about their business what is what is it that they can do yeah, see like- a lot of folks like stability though you know it's like and i get it this is why i would never i would defend any man or woman that will put their their life on the line, which is essentially what you're doing when you're going against the state, and say no more. But I would never just say just you know I, I wouldn't get mad at you for not doing it because a lot of folks just want stability and they just they just want to be able to go about their business.
0: do you hear the story? Two women arrested after hosting 200 person makeshift bar in Jersey. Yep. They were gambling, they were partying, they were eating. Black market. I, 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 you know, uh, here's what I'm saying: when the government takes away all opportunity, then all the other laws break down too. So, you know, one of the things I was saying a couple weeks ago, when they start saying you can't run your business and people are forced to say, well, I run my business or I, or I die, they're going to open their business. But then they're going to start noticing, well, if I broke those laws, right? And I had, no, like, you know, it's, 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 it's like, how hard is it to just continue? So you see this, these two women open a makeshift bar, they say, because they're serving drinks. Well, it's already illegal what they're doing, I guess. Who wants to throw out the dice? Who wants to play poker? Who wants to order a bunch of food and was to cook food and eat it? It's just fine. If we're already breaking the law, why not? We, why don't we just break it, right? So that's 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 another thing I'm worried about. Hmm. If the government keeps enforcing lockdowns that are unreasonable and people can't survive, then they'll start creating businesses. And since they're already on the other side of the law, they're gonna do whatever they want.
1: Well, it's a desperation as well. I mean, it's like you can't just shut people down and change that. Change how they live their lives just overnight like that. And then like you keep pulling the rug from under people. Like, you know, it's like, all right, we, we, we'll let you open. Wait a minute. Here we go. We got to lock you down for yep. a third, for a second and third time. rest arrest you if you're trying yeah, to. Open yeah. It. And, and, and that's got to be the most, most insulting part of it. But yeah, people are at some point are going to like fight back and you can sit up here and blame, you know, say that they don't care about people, say that they want to kill grandma. Uh, and all of these sorts of things. Again, it goes back to the risk and it goes back to the trade off that we were talking about earlier on, earlier on in the show. And, and that is it actually worth I don't think people understand the numbers you mentioned, like a third of businesses in New Jersey's. We're talking about by the thousands, man, of people that are there's no OK, I will reopen when they allow us to reopen. Yep, it's it's, they're done. Yep. They dipped in their savings. They exhausted that do you not understand how long that is? nine months That's a very very long time and a lot can can crash and burn in that in that period of time. It may seem like nothing but it's like we said earlier going to the people that don't understand pr- how things are produced they don't even care about that it doesn't it doesn't even make it so definitely I guess people that work at you know, these big chains the, the,
0: these farms right they were they were uh, I forgot what it's called, but they take all the crops and they just roll them over and bury them again because they're like we can't sell them. Yeah, and then I kept hearing from these leftists when the when the dairy farm dumped all the milk, they were like, "Why don't they just send the food to a food bank?" And I'm like, "Do you do you know that when they produce the milk, it goes to get pasteurized, it goes to get bottled, it goes to a distributor, it goes to a warehouse, it goes to trucks? There's like four or five steps in between. The dairy farm has dairy, and the store has cream cheese and milk. Yeah. Not only that, they can make they can get all the milk from the cow, and then wh- where does it go for processing? Is the farm actually doing the cream cheese and the sour cream and the yogurt and all that stuff too? Probably not. Probably you got another factory that, you know, imports a bunch of cream or milk and then from there turns it into something else. So you go to your store shelf, it's all gone. You can't just take raw milk and put it in a food bank. Now, people developed programs to get it processed to the point where they could and get a bare minimum product. So there were attempts to do that. But they didn't realize. They didn't realize the supply chain and how, how yeah. intricate it is. And then it, it all just...
1: It's a beautiful thing, and, and and it obviously when when it's working as freely as it possibly can, you're lifting the living standards of so many different people because there's a lot of a lot of people moving within that. It's not just okay, Farmer Brown store. It's not that simple. You know what I mean? In some places and maybe if you live in a very, very small town, it is. But for the most part, that's not how it works. There are several uh, things in between when we talk about the supply chain. That is okay. It came from a farm and then it got on your plate or it got in your refrigerator or wherever it is. Or it got in and you actually um, um, consumed it. But that's why it's so heartbreaking for me to hear people lose like their that's their livelihood you know i don't think people understand how much people save up like that was their dream right to open a bar or something like that and i say this as someone that's in the music industry uh uh, doing you know metalcore and hardcore and seeing the venues that we play at even in my in my city right In, in, in dfw that are shut down for good they tried to call themselves doing this whole like bar thing uh where you know we will we'll cook some wings or something like that to try to remain open but it wasn't good enough yeah. of course and then they shut down so that's a venue that of course I can't go we can't go to when we get back on the road but that's the, I don't think people understand like they can deem it as non-essential but that's that person's livelihood that's why I never like that term like how do you tell someone that what it is that they do is not Dude, essential these a lot of these people right a
0: lot of these people in cities who are advocating for this stuff are I mean, they don't they don't they don't know the blood, sweat and tears. When I hear things like it's insured, right? When the riots oh happen. Oh my god. I'm like, you realize people will take like their first dollar and they'll sign it and they'll put it on the wall. When you burn that building down, can they buy that new first dollar? Ooh. No, it's gone forever. There are things of abstract value to people that can't be remade. How about this? What if a celebrity came in? And you know, and and autograph a picture and put it up. Now that has gone. Are they going to call that celebrity back up, tell them to come back in for a burger when they rebuild? No, of course not. Yeah. What about if their mom made them a painting and then their mom died, and they had it? They're they're at their small town shop. It's been open for ten years. And when the grand opening, you know, their mom came in and she she made a, a drew, drew a painting for him, put it up, and they said, I always remember the day she came in. It was one of the most beautiful days of my life. My successful business. You burn it down. The mom's long since passed. That memory has been destroyed. Oh, but insurance will pay for it. A lot of these people who are saying those things are the same people talking about the lockdowns.
1: We'll just pay everybody. That's a great point, by the way. That's a great point. Yeah, you can't get those things back, man. Yeah, like that no that, that, every business has them. Every single one. And it's not like insurance, you know, depending on what kind of kind of insurance that they have. Unfortunately, it's just like with this like these lockdowns, they think it's that simple. Like it's just an on and an off switch. Like you'll be back, everything'll be fine. It's no big deal. Government will pay you to not work. And you know, if you had your business destroyed, uh, the insurance company will just write you a big check to refund every single thing the next day. That's not how it works. It doesn't work. People people You know, being in the South and being in Tornado Alley, it's people like like last year that had a tornado come through, and they're still like trying to trying to get that money. It's not like the insurance companies just write that (laughs) stuff just just willy nilly. Definitely, if it's all happening at once, like a wheelbarrow
0: cash to the city (laughs)
1: thrown out stacks. Yeah, Yeah, it's that easy. But it goes to show how much they simply don't understand. And the frightening thing is that these guys then go vote for also. Yeah, low and uh, low uh, information people well, that pass legislation and and, and so forth it's, that it's, it's, kills you.
0: It's the same thing, like I was saying about how they don't understand that you know the the dairy farm has to send that milk to a processing plant or whatever. When the when Minneapolis got destroyed, they were like, "Insurance will pay for it." Guess what? Insurance didn't cover debris removal, only a certain to amount. So most of these businesses were like, "Okay, we can't remove the debris, we can't rebuild. Bye," and they wow. left. Wow, that was it. Because yeah, it's like uh, I was reading a story in the Star Tribune, the Minneapolis newspaper. They're talking about insurance companies in the area have a cap on how much they can give you to remove the rubble from your destroyed building. So they're like, okay, so if we have to spend a hundred grand to remove the rubble, and that's seventy-five out of our pocket, and they're only giving us a check for two hundred to rebuild, we can't rebuild. We so we just leave. We're done. It's over. That's it.
1: That, and unfortunately, you obviously you have to go to the local um, like newspapers to try to hear, hear stories like that. I remember when those. Um like riots and all that stuff broke down and I remember seeing this this man uh had to go of course to a local uh a local coverage and this man just uh, had put like his life savings uh into this bar. He had his dream of wanting to open a sports bar. Yep. And yeah. they and like in the background while they're filming, you got these fools just breaking stealing. into the safe. Yes. Well check uh, this out.
0: So so I covered this story. the story. Then so he was at he was there, he's crying, they're filming as the people are stealing from him. The next day they burn the whole building down but that dude ended up raising like a million bucks That's to rebuild. So yeah. I I donated, I did a video saying Yeah, like, I
1: did that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We yeah.
0: got gotta, cuz this guy was a firefighter, he was just a good dude who it was his dream. And I hope I hope he had a good time with all that money. Yeah. I hope I hope a, a bad day turned into the best day of his life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just unfortunate cuz like how many businesses don't get that, right? Well, let, let's
0: talk about the insult to the injury, right? Oh, yeah. The Black Lives Matter protests at a time when they're locking everybody down and they ignore it. They act like it never happened. They
1: cheered it on.
0: They cheer it on. They cheered it on. And then they tell you to shut up. To stop going out. Stop enjoying yourself. Stop going to church. And then when you say, but what about the Black Lives Matter protests? They say, I don't know what you're talking about. Shut your mouth. Then you got the dancing nurses. I really want to get into dancing nurses. Right. So I got this 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 cart, this comic from uh, uh, George Alexopoulos. We have the show. He's, he's a great artist. You see his paintings on our on our wall. I'm going to just read for you the panels. For those that are watching, you can see it. But for those that are listening, the first panel is an old man on life support. Got a, got an oxygen mask. And you see a word bubble. I, I miss you, Dad. The next one shows him, you know, with the EKG going off. And she is a woman. She says, I only wish that I could have held your hand one last time as she cries. And the last panel is as she's holding her hand up to the glass of, you know, that blocks it from her dying father. Nurses and doctors are smiling and laughing and dabbing and dancing and having a good old time, dancing on the graves of these people. I tell you, man, you've got Joe Biden wins. They go out and they're dumping up and down. They're dancing and cheering. They're pulling their masks off, drinking champagne and passing it around. They tell you that doesn't matter. Ignore that. It's it's the businesses that are the problem, even though the science doesn't support it. Then you go to these hospitals where they say 4,000 people every day are dying and I'm like, man, that's crazy. That's scary. And what do we get? Videos of the these shuffle dances where they clearly, there's one video where they're in different rooms of the hospital doing choreographed dances in multiple scenes and I'm like, Come on! At best, that was like four or five hours where Minimal. they practiced and went around the hospital. These people are are laughing in your face. There's a, there's a there's a viral YouTube video. This is crazy. Where it's a woman filming on her cell phone and she's going, "What what's going on?" Like talking to a guy, like, "What's happening?" You're like we've been waiting here for ages. Are they gonna ta- are they taking anybody? And the, and there's a guy and he's like, "I don't know." Look, and then they look down the hallway and it's a bunch of doctors and nurses like dancing and they're like, they got mops and they're shuffling. And this woman's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. Is this why we're not getting any service? Yes. They're laughing at you. They're, ma- they're, do- they're getting followers off of your back. He- here's what I said. You know, I-, I like this comic from George. I said, imagine you show up to a funeral. There's a dead body. And there are people there crying. And you're wearing your funeral black. And then you go, okay, everybody, can we're going to do a TikTok. Cause everybody who wants to dance and do this dance number with me. How many people, how, you- how many punches you get in the face, you think? People would get up and they they you'd get smacked. Yeah. But these people in the hospitals, they're the administrators, they're the nurses, it's their space. You can't go in there to hold the hand of your father or your mother or your grandfather or your grandmother as they're dying. Many men can't be there for the birth of their children. And the doctors and the nurses are doing TikTok videos and dancing around, and they're still doing it. This whole year. Do you see rate. the one earlier in the year where they were carrying the body bag and dancing? Yes. Oh, that was bad. That COVID, what is wrong with? COVID on it. Yeah,
1: it's COVID. That was one of the worst ones that I had seen. But like uh, I talked about this off air, how my just perception of that industry has changed so much. Yes um after this because i generally looked at them like a positive thing and and folks that i'm pretty sure there'll be people in the chat like you never dated a nurse so you 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 didn't know you you never knew and maybe i was a little ignorant that maybe they always been that way and i just was ignorant yep. they were self righteous um sanctimonious they were just always <laughs> like that maybe that was just always how they were and i just didn't realize it even though i have a couple of uh, of nurses maybe it's because their family i'm blind uh to how it is that they are but after this year I mean it's just completely changed just considering how like like let's 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 take a step back here remember we we started with the right, slow to spread that turned into a month. george floyd happens and I and I want people to understand what what took place there and that they shut everybody down they've still been shut down up until that point and it wasn't enough for them to just be okay, we're going to start protesting everywhere. So all of the stuff that they lectured you to about, lectured you to about a uh, social distancing, that just went completely out of the window. Yeah. But what really frustrated me was when I would see nurses, doctors, hospital workers in their little PPE or whatever, actually outside their hospitals clapping, clapping yep. and cheering them on. Yep. So. Imagine being a business owner, someone that lost everything, everything, and they had told you everything that they had been lecturing you to do. And we got up until that point and then it just went out the window. And then the folks that were doing it because they agree with them politically and socially, they said it's okay for them to do it. They'll get all of the experts and public officials and everything, and they'll say, yeah, uh, it's OK for them to do it. It's a little different. God forbid someone ho- ho- house a rally or something like that. We got these protests breaking out in the hundreds all around the country. And that was perfectly fine. And not only are they still dancing like we talked about earlier with the nurse uh, uh, making videos about Skittles. What she was saying in that was basically shut up. How dare you bring the uh, bring up the survival rate? How dare you question what it is that we Uh, do and what it is that we say who cares that you lost your business uh who why even talk about that and they're dancing so it's it's they're spitting on your face they're laughing and it's like they're bucking at you right they're like yeah what you gonna do about it let me
0: let me just give you some 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 photos for those that are watching this first photo i have you may remember it's a doctor standing in front of a car with her arms crossed another photo of a man standing in front of an suv with his arms crossed and there's a woman with a sign that says land free and she got an american flag Boy, did that go viral. The nurses who stood up to these anti-lockdown protesters, right? Telling them, you coming out here, you're putting us all at risk. How dare you? That's right. How, 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 uh, righteous and, 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 and what a, a, what a good, good noble thing, honorable. Well, here's the next photo. A bunch of doctors protesting in a massive crowd, shoulder to shoulder with their fists up. We, you, 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 can, you can easily pull up the BuzzFeed article, healthcare work, or I don't know if it's BuzzFeed, but BuzzFeed has like the viral photos of the doctors blocking the cars. Then you get another article and it says the, you know, doctors clap and cheer for, for protesters. Spitting in your face. They took your property. They destroyed your business. Nothing is left. Then the rioters showed up and smashed what was left and burned it to the ground. And the doctors were dancing on the graves of the dead while cheering for those who burned down the businesses elsewhere. And I'm supposed to be like, let's all clap and cheer for the nurses and doctors.
3: Like, yeah, they're heroes. uh, it was a picture that showed 1918 Spanish flu and it showed all these hospital beds with white sheets over all those. Assumedly dead people. And then next to it, 2020 shuffle dancing. Dancing doctors. 99.9% recovery rate. (laughs) (laughs) The entire world is shut down.
1: Isn't that amazing, though, like how how they can get away with that? But you bring up a great point, Tim, and how. It's it's like we're supposed to just praise them and worship them at the altar for every look. I get it. If if you're a nurse, you, you, you know, or, or a doctor, you have a job. You may be going through this tough, uh, tough experience or rather a unique experience. I understand all of that. But do you not understand how many people have lost everything? It is that we and, and no, this they is, don't. They, they don't understand. It, right. Right. Exactly. And, and, and my thing is, and a lot of folks don't seem to want to mention this. Do you remember this whole lockdown thing and the restrictions thing started so we could protect them? Now, it was a quasi way that they would say, well, you need to you need the uh, you may need the service. And what if all the hospital beds? But this whole reason why we did this, why you had to put your life on pause, why you had to shut your business down for an indefinite amount of time was so we could alleviate the stress for them. And then they had nerve to say that they're the ones that are the heroes as they dance on people's graves. I got, oh, I got another
0: one from today.com. This one's a video. Returning the favor. NY healthcare workers cheer for protesters. There they are, all laughing and smiling. The nerve of these people to block the anti lockdown protesters, to mock and belittle them, and then cheer for the larger, massive George Floyd protests and riots. And this this video I have is from June third. This is just. This is like the peak week of all the riding. The first week of June, they destroy. We we we, we, uh, we mentioned that guy, the firefighter. Mm-hmm. He wanted his dream business, sports bar, and they burned to the ground. And what does Ka- what does Kamala, <clears throat> what does Kamala Harris do? She re- she she requests funds to help belly's people out. The left cheered for those who violated lockdowns, and my favorite story out of all of this was from like University of Colorado. It said, "It said uh, George Floyd protests actually reduced transmission. It was it was it was too good of a protest. It actually made COVID back go back the other way because you know so, the boards you say affect." You know, yeah, uh,
1: you know. Yeah, the virus. That's, huh? that's, how, that's how it works is that, you know, if virus sees all these people that are doing their thing. they <laughs> holding up justice, justice Right, and it's work, like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, I can't go there. <laughs> Let's go to the
3: Trump rally. Yeah. Remember, yeah,
0: is that a Gadsden flag? Oh, we're there. In, yeah, get them off. In all
3: sick. March, being like, okay, you want a couple weeks. I'll give you to get everything situated. I'll put my life on hold
1: for you. And
3: now, I want them off my back.
1: Yeah. No, you get it, off my back. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Like, it's like, we, we I could I guess I can give you some kind of leeway because you didn't understand what was happening, though. I've been covering it since March and oh you know, I saw God. I saw the numbers, you know, I saw everything playing out and I was like, OK, I'll give you that. But we're 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 ten 10 months into this thing and they're still taught. They're moving the goalposts. Fauci, I don't know if he has a position that he's held that's of principle like he just actually held that position and wasn't just trying to hold the position that other people wanted him to have the herd immunity thing which he had grilled remember Rand Paul Remember I don't know if y'all remember that big spat that he and Rand Paul had about that where people's oh, like yeah. Rand Paul yes. doesn't know what he's talking about and now all of a sudden he's shifted on the position Yo. so Rand was right about the whole herd immunity thing but that's perfectly fine he gets on magazines and, and like what, R- what R- is this now Rand, Rand is a
0: dentist right he's a dentist he's an eye doctor Eye Eye but but he still went to medical school. You're like, you got to go. Oh, yeah. 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 And then eye doctor's specialty. Yeah. So he clearly does have medical experience. Yeah.
1: He's not just some Joe Blow, in other words, right. his father. Right. Yep. Uh, also, it's not like these guys. Doctor are, No. Yeah, I- exactly. Like they, they know a little something about something. But it's like we worship this guy at the altar and we got to hold the whole entire country hostage for Fauci like lying. and they and they keep moving the post. it's like okay 15 days to slow the spread and and what a lot of folks seem to forget that 15 days to slow the spread had absolutely nothing to do with stopping people from getting the virus right. it was Kirk. about spreading it out over a period of time, so that the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. Right. The number of the people that were gonna get infected was always going to be that number. They already assumed that. So why is it that we move from that to well, now we don't want anybody to get the virus, and now it's like to a vaccine. And then wait, now we got a vaccine. We don't know if if you can it's still spread it. gonna work. Is it gonna work? Yeah, <laughs> we don't really know, so we still gotta keep you shut. So they that's the big spit in the face is that they'll set this sort of arbitrary standard, and then they'll just we get to it, and then they just move it. They just moved well, the post. I mean, post. look what
0: they're doing in New York. They're going to buy up the cheap property now. <laughs> so the, the, these lockdowns destroyed the economy, destroyed property value, and then you get the blazers saying, "We're going to buy it up." How many billions of dollars has
3: Moderno made? Pfizer, how, yeah, a lot,
0: a lot. Yeah. Guaranteed contracts. How much? How how in bed are they with oh, politicians? Dude, look, look, look. It all of it is the largest transfer of wealth. From working class people, And like human to the history, in human history, yes, like human in human, history. like
1: this is this is a big big deal. Like the Walmarts, and that's what I didn't understand. That was my big thing because one, of, uh, uh, you know, uh, my lady is a, uh, um, you know, she has her own craft shop and stuff. So I, I was like, okay, the bigger Walmart, they could remain open, and of course, you can get your craft items there, but you couldn't go to like even Hobby Lobby. You couldn't go to anywhere else. So oh, I, dude, dude, did you, you, did they were funneling people there. Do you see the story about the woman in Jersey?
0: where she was filming her store on Facebook live saying like, you know, my store is closed because of the lockdown, but I'm going to film what I have. And if you want to buy it, message me. The cops showed up and told her to stop. (laughs) So when that happened, I knew right away, they're not doing this because of COVID. Yeah. The woman was, the cops show up and it's all live streamed. And she goes, can I help you? And like, you got to, you got to close. And she goes, we are closed. And like, no, 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 you're, you're, you're selling stuff online. And she goes, yeah, I'm like, you can't do that. You got to stop. They shut her down, and she didn't even have people in her store.
1: Man, I, and that's the one you want to talk about, pilling some of these uh, people that are on the opposite side. I think the whole um, the police thing, right? I think a lot of folks are, uh, especially the guys that protected them. Um, are, are starting to understand like what it is, like who these guys actually work for, um, and, and who enforces some of these, uh, well, not some of them, all of them. They, why we call them the teeth of the state is right. It is is right there, and I'm seeing a lot of people just like wow, these guys were going to great lengths. I supported these guys, and they were yeah, going great lengths but to shut me down.
0: A lot of cops are quitting in mass.
1: We have seen that.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of cops quitting for a variety of reasons. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I think you've got. Uh, the cops right now are the most consequential group in the country because the edict from, say, Cuomo is is, is nothing unless there's someone willing to enforce the edict of the governor. Yeah. Not a lot of cops are quitting, but NYPD is loaded with a bunch of people who have – they just are willing to break their oath to the Constitution. Why? I think it's simple. Everyone's out of work. They can see the other side. They can mm, see what it would be like to have no okay. job. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, I don't know. I, I, I fight for me before anybody else. They fight for me
1: before I fight for the Constitution.
3: The reason we started the U.S. government – was so that that someone didn't have a monopoly on force anymore.
1: Yeah, it's actually in the believe it or not that people can get a rag on me for being an, 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 an ancap. I would encourage you guys to read the Declaration of Independence. Oh, I've read it. You There's know some funny stuff. In yes, there. like uh, and what it talks about if the you know removing actually the the government. Like it, it's actually <laughs> in there. Like it's not anything that like no. It's they actually believed that. Like yeah. it is it is the right of the people.
0: Yeah. Well, well, hold on.
1: <laughs> Go By ahead. what authority did any
0: of these men have to declare that they weren't part of the British Empire? They weren't officials. They had no, you know, lordship. given yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. But that's, that's the way the British Crown saw it. Some random guys who, th- you know, p- property owners and rich people thought they had the right to claim that we aren't. No, no, no. We're the government. And that was the fight. Yeah. So, you know, that's a big question about government. And it ultimately comes down to confidence. Who believes in which? You and know, civil
3: disobedience, I like how you guys are going in this direction. I want to talk more about that. So well, non, non-violent civil disobedience. Yeah, nonviolent civil disobedience. There's a two-pronged assault, I suppose you say. You've got the government and the Federal Reserve. Mm. The go- how do, so we can stop paying interest back to the Federal Reserve because we can't well, afford Well, it's the
0: government it. who does it.
3: Yeah, so we'll stop funding it. And then we, with the civil disobedience regarding COVID, I leave that to you as a business
1: owner and do what the right thing.
0: Now nah, the issue is sound currency. And so if you want to talk about Federal Reserve, the problem is the U.S. dollar and just control and mass printing of it.
1: Yeah, that's the problem with the monopolization and why that's we why, need, whoa, whoa, need the competition, though. That's the why Bitcoin. I was just about to say that. That's right. why cryptocurrency and all of those things, I, I, I would like more of that. I would like uh, 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 more of that. Com- those competing uh, firms and more of those competing currency. But you, you bring up a great point. Uh, and that's the two side of this, uh, of this civil disobedience. Um, and that we need, like, it doesn't, ha- I don't want it to get violent, but if they keep pushing people's buttons, like, the way that they are, where you, you mentioned, I think that's the biggest slap in the face. Scary, man. Could you imagine living in California right now and having your business be completely derailed, especially in the restaurant, uh, business? And then you see, like, um, or uh, whether it be Mayor London Breed or, or, or a Newsome. Uh, Newsom. Uh, at the French, to eat. French like, could you imagine that? Like, I, I just, I couldn't. I'm not. I, I, I'm obviously not not in that state. But could you just imagine being in this that? This is position? why
0: you you add all of that to the election stuff. Ooh, it's funny, man. You know, I talk about normalcy bias. You know, normalcy biases. Mm-hmm. It can't happen here.
1: Yeah.
0: But this this past year has not been anything close to normal at all. These past four years have been anything but normal. There's no more normal anymore, mm. right? We we had we had a kind of normal. But even when things were going really well in 2019 with the booming economy, we had this crazy problem of the orange, like the obsession of Trump in the media, not talking about things anymore, constantly screaming and, and media just went nuts and broke. We've not been in normal for a long time.
3: I've lost faith in the U.S. government in the last two decades with the Iraq war, basically with the extraction of wealth from the Middle East. But this COVID thing has gotten me totally shaken in their ability to lead.
0: This- but but combine mm-hmm. that with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is, is Obama 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. And what what are we gonna get? We're we're, we're getting you know uh, uh, Goldman Sachs
1: lobby and lobbyists in the, in the transition team, you know. Now look how protected they are. Like the Hunter Biden thing, I thought that Ooh. that was gonna be like uh, people are gonna blow like, like their minds are
0: gonna their heads are gonna blow, explode figuratively. They're just gonna lose it.
1: Yeah, like I, I thought that the Hunter Biden thing was like that was one of the biggest like cover ups for a long period of time, and then oh, yeah. it it wasn't until like he had to come out and say. Well, yeah, I'm being investigated. And then the, the more the mainstream media was like, oh, well, there's a problem. Even though everybody else for months well, have now, been called conspiracy theorists. Now it's useful to them, though. You know why? Because now they got an excuse to get rid
0: of Biden to put Kamala, Kamala
1: Harris Yep. Yep. That's exactly what they're probably going to so do. So now they're
0: like, oh, hey, great. Let's rag on Biden. We don't care. Yeah. We want we want a Kamala in the first place. But she couldn't get Amendment. any support. And that's 25th, why they want yeah. that
1: control. That's exactly what they wanted. But uh, I mean, I, I've, I've obviously never had faith uh definitely recently in, in, in the government. But. You brought up the point, which is fantastic, in that when we talk about we there's like this whole return of normalcy and how you know you talk about that 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 concept of well, that would never happen. We were talking about that in March when I would, for example, say, "Y'all know this ain't gonna just be for two weeks, right yeah. and people said there's no way that that would happen. It's just a couple of weeks. What's the big deal? Government's not going to shut you down for a long extended period of time. And that's exactly what it it was that they did. Dude, I remember when Trump announced he was banning travel to Europe
0: and like we were all sitting in the basement at our old studio and the TV's on or watching it. We all just like looked at each other like,
4: whoa, dude,
0: like we didn't think we were getting anywhere close to this. This kind of stuff happening. That's crazy, right? It can't happen here. Yeah. So I tell you this, man, January 6th is coming up. And they're saying, you know, all these Trump supporters are going are gonna to show up. I'm getting messages from people that are like armchair activists. They're on the Internet. They're complaining. They're posting memes, but they don't get out. And they're telling me they're going to D.C. So that's why I decided. I was like, all right, let's try and figure out a way to do the show from somewhere in D.C., like really close by. We can have guests come on because I think it's going to be big. But I'll tell you this. People keep saying Trump can't win. My personal opinion is it's probably not. Gonna, I mean, we were even talking about before the show, like it's going to be Biden. Pence going to say for Biden. But then you talk about locking everything down. You talk about how abnormal this whole year has been. At this point, if Mike Pence came out and was handed the stack of electoral votes and just lit it, pulled out a lighter and lit it up and was like, "I'm the I'm the vice president. Trump is the president. Welcome to 2024. We're staying in for that long," I'd just be like, oh,
1: well, you know, it's another day, huh?" Yes, yeah, like people, it's, it's, it, crazier things have happened. People
0: are saying 2021. You think it, You think 2020 was bad? This is the warm up. This is the opening act. Yeah, it's not even begun yet. Man. The, 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 look and i think that's true people keep saying oh 2020 was such an awful year huh. okay well now you got huh. joe biden's people saying we got a lockdown until 2022
1: forced mass national nationwide mass mandates
0: yeah they're, so they're going to keep the lockdowns going now you got this vaccine and we don't we don't know if it actually stops the spread of of covid they're like people can still get it apparently that's so crazy to me so businesses are, businesses are shut down People are on the mat, like tens of millions of people on the verge of eviction, either because of foreclosure or because they can't pay rent. 600 bucks ain't going to cut it. 2,000 bucks. 2,000
1: bucks, I don't think won't is going no, to cut it. No, the,
0: the average, the average, uh, debt now, I think for, for a rent or a mortgage is like six grand. Huh. Because it's been a year. People don't have any money left. So it feels like everything that's happening is going to lead us to a point where it's like escape from New York, man. It's Mad Max. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I'll tell you this: We brought up Muhammad Wazizi. His whole bit was that he couldn't sell apples. Well,
1: he just couldn't, he couldn't well sell well that. beyond that. He couldn't sell apples. Yeah, exactly, yeah, man. Well beyond that, <laughs> you, know, you can't so even he, leave your house. Yeah, you can't ex- leave your house, man. Exactly. So I mean, seriously, so I'm,
0: I'm, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and I continue, I'm going to continue moving further and further away. We're going to get a big West Virginia property, 100 acres, mine our own business. Man,
1: sounds like the life right there.
0: Yeah, just middle of nowhere. That's the other thing I think about with taxes too. I'm like, just move to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You got to pay like the, the taxes are like ten bucks. No, yeah. it's like nothing. That's the motive. A lot of
1: people are stuck. Yup, distress, right? Yeah, no, a lot of people are stuck. I mean, and and, and they want to get out.
0: We got go to go super chats. Let's go to super chats and uh, talk to the audience about what's going on with that with, Hi, with all them. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to the notification bell, share this, and check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us a good review if you like us. We're gonna read what y'all have to say now. So thank you all so much for the super chats so far. Riley Lewind was the first super chat. He said, "Hey Tim." Do you think America is going to fully collapse? And if you do, what year? I believe yes. And by 2025 ish. Maybe. You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But I mean, we were just talking about this. People, you know, I'll say again, Muhammad was easy. He couldn't sell his fruit from his fruit cart. And that set off all of these different countries across, you know, the Middle East and North Africa. Right now, you got a lot of people in this country who believe in a constitution, who believe in a declaration of independence, and who are armed to the teeth. And I'm scared. I'm worried, man. Maybe scared isn't the right word. Maybe just like
1: I don't know. It's, it's like, it, it was a alert. Ch- this is why it was so like <laughs>
0: I'm on. I'm I'm bordering on prepping. I'll put it that way. And
1: this is why I was telling people like when the protests and stuff broke down, I was like, if that stuff leaks out to like the the suburbs or like the country the countryside, because it stayed most of most of the time in the inner city. Yeah that could have that could have detonated something like very bad. I think
0: you know we saw uh uh Stuart Rose's name, right, from yes. uh Oath Keepers. Yeah. He said half the country is not going to recognize anything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth as legitimate. They're not going to view him as their president. And then everything we learned about Hunter Biden and China and stuff, we we already heard from Hillary Clinton uh that Joe Biden shouldn't concede under any circumstances. So th- what they're accusing Trump of doing, it was their idea in the first place. Mm. Then you got, and so Trump's not going to concede under any circumstances. But then you, I remember when John Podesta said he would prefer Mm -hmm. the West Coast to cede from the union than allow Trump to win. What's the alternative on the Trump side? Are they just going to say like, oh, well, you know, we lost, better just, you know, come back out tomorrow. Or are they going to be like, well, everything I own has been destroyed and taken from me. And, you know, my life is in shambles. And then now Joe Biden's going to become president and wants to lock everything down for another couple of years. My friends, you're already under martial law. Okay now effectively figure yeah. exactly effective martial law martial law literally means military law like the military supersedes the law comes in, but typically people say martial law to refer to totalitarian lockdown when the when when statutory law no, no longer matters and despotic authoritarians just dictate did you think i, I I'll I'll, ta- I'll say this you know because because uh, I said this before, but for you, everybody did you think when the authoritarian dictatorship came, it would just one day blink into existence? Like they would just be a dictator, be like, oh, I'm a chancellor, uh, you I, know, I'm supreme chancellor. I don't. Th- th- I
1: don't think that's happened ever in in,
0: in history. First, when, they well, signed listen. the Patriot Act. Well, no, no. Listen, listen. When we read these books, 1984, when we when we watch V for Vendetta, these governments don't just blink into existence. It starts with a false flag, usually. Well, it starts with any emergency, whether legitimate or not. Absolutely. COVID happens, and all of a sudden, the first thing we hear is Andrew Cuomo says. People of New York, I now have supreme executive authority to do whatever I want. Honestly. And no one can stop me, and every single cop will do whatever I say. The first thing that
3: happened was the trade centers came down, the world got put on high terror alert. Oh, it was way before that. People have been afraid since then. I mean, that that was the catalyst. Yeah, that no, was a
0: big catalyst with the Patriot Act. Yeah. But before that, there was the there was the the World Trade Center nine nine three bombing.
3: Yeah, that was little. Was that, this is like a global pandemic of fear? Since yeah,
1: well, no, but that's that's the thing. Well, that, that's exactly what it is. That like I, that's pretty much happened everywhere in, in in really in human history. They don't generally rise by way of saying that okay, I'm going to destroy the economy. I'm going to um. Have the state control e- absolutely everything. Generally, generally every time it's okay. I care about you. I want to protect you. I want to protect my people. And then that's what ends up in uh, Zedong and Pol Pot and Hitler and 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 and, yep. and and that's what you get. That's exactly. Let me what tell you something. Get. You ever hear the saying? It is better that ten guilty
0: persons escape than one innocent person suffer. Mm. You ever hear that? Yeah. That's Blackstone's formulation. Interestingly, side note, it's actually rooted in the Bible in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, if there's but one righteous person, I won't destroy this. I won't destroy the city. It's really interesting stuff. When I was reading about it, Benjamin Franklin said, "It is better that one hundred guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer." I can't remember the founding father who wrote about it. That uh, may have been John Adams writing that innocence must be protected at all cost. For if the innocent man no longer feels he can be protected, then what's to stop him from resorting from crime or resisting the government? So something to that to that effect. And it's very very. Uh, Interesting. Then you get um uh what's his name Brunswick was that no 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 what was his name. Who was the German dictator guy? I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting the, the Hitler. Name. No. <laughs> yes, but I'm not referring to him specifically. German dictator guy. Uh maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't German. Um was like Austro Austria-Hungary Empire whatever. What year? Bismarck. Uh, Bismarck. There you go. That was Otto von Bismarck. Yes. yes, German. He said it is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. <laughs> the mark of authoritarianism. Is the idea that innocent people should suffer to prevent the bad from getting away with what they do. Whoa. So you take a look at what they're doing now. What Cuomo, what de Blasio, what Biden, what Fauci, what Osterholm, what Newsom, what Whitmer, what they're all saying. It is better that 10 million, it is better that 20 million people suffer than 100,000 people get sick. That's amazing.
1: When you put it in that context, it's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. That's, the, that's the route that they, that they've went. And we've done that for nothing else. Definitely when it comes to respiratory illnesses and viruses that spread, we've never ever done that. And I think people, because we're maybe so conditioned for it, uh, because of the last 10 months of, of training here, um, this has never happened, guys. Think,
0: think, think about, uh, you know, where we're at. The lockdowns didn't work. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, the lockdowns did slow the spread. The Javits Center was never at capacity. I think it's all like, you know, 30%. The medical ship that Trump brought in saw like one person. So locking everything down to slow the spread, it, it did slow the spread. And then clearly, like you mentioned, it wasn't going to stop people from getting sick. So they all got sick again. And we
3: have soap. So people didn't die. Well, no, That's no the, the point, the point, the point people is, People didn't have soap in 1919. No, no, But right, right now, we,
0: we locked down to slow the spread so that we wouldn't overload our hospitals. That worked. And now everyone's getting sick again. We can't do anything about it. Well, you can wash so, your hands. You can no, eat no, vitamin this, C. They the, didn't no, have no, that no, stuff 100 we, we, years we, ago. Listen, that's, I don't know. 100, 100 years ago has nothing to do with what's going on right now. I'm saying we did a lockdown. It slowed the spread. And now everyone's getting sick. So they're not letting the lockdown go. What's what's sp- what slowing of the spread are we going to do right now? So right now what they're saying is with, with Joe Biden and Fauci and in Osterholm, nationwide lockdown, nationwide masks, and, you know, the, the lockdown is the real issue. I don't care about masks. I don't, I really don't, I'll wear a mask or whatever. It's no big deal to me. I think it's but what they're basically saying is it is better that 330 million people suffer than 300,000 people die. And there's a challenge there. I don't want anyone to die. But at a certain point when the lockdowns have done everything they can, it's time to stop the yeah, suffering. It's not
3: just suffering. It's destroying the world economy.
0: Yeah. It's causing starvation of hundreds of millions of people. Yep. We got to read more Super Chats, though. Trent Lomolino says, Eric on the show is a blessing. Dude is awesome. Check Ooh. his pod and his music. He doesn't stop. There you go. I love Thank this one. Superman, if he wasn't scared of Green Rock, says, having Eric July and Luke on the show makes me so happy. And then Luke had to take off. Yeah. 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 Bummer. You need to lay down. Yeah, he definitely did. Dan Saw F says, hey, Eric, check out The Odious. I think you might like them. Also, Grim Salvo, same group of people, but different styles of music. Okay. All right, let's see what we got here. Daniel Bundrick says, if nothing worth investigating happened during this election, and there's enough potential shenanigans to flip a state, then I'm declaring California 2024 swing state. Oh, there you go. Okay. Chris Kara Sewix says, Tim, do you think it's worth going to DC on the 6th? I've never done this, and I want to go. I just don't know if if going is actually going to do anything. I don't know if anything's going to happen. I'll tell you this, though. Personally, do I think it's worth going? I already booked my hotel. I don't know if we're gonna make it down there though. It's, it's there's a lot of variables in play, and so I'll tell you this. I've heard enough from people where I was like, we should probably figure out a way to do it. Ian came, you got this, uh, this, this what like external mixer, video this mixer, electronic gorilla. Oh, about you are talking about
3: that. <laughs> we, we have the technology to go portable. We can use four cameras, um, all the switcher all on
0: demand through a laptop. So this was one of the hurdles. I was like, we have a desktop we could bring with us and we could set up somewhere, and and then Ian was like, look at this thing and it's got all of the mixing you need for video and it just goes one USB into the computer. Super cool. Yeah, so then nice. I was like, wow, all we could pull up a laptop and we could totally do the show. So we got all the equipment we need to do it. And there's 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 some there's there's a bunch of different concerns we got to go through to make it happen. But right now I'm I'm thinking I'll be there. I'll tell you, you know, you know the one thing that would stop me from being there? One thing would stop me from being there. COVID. No. <laughs> if it actually is going to turn out to be massive, and like revolutionary, I won't go.
3: You just gotta go no beanie so people don't recognize you.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's not the issue. The issue is getting stuck. Oh, if yeah. something crazy oh, goes down and mean. there's ten million people and then you're like stuck in a hotel with no food. Oh boy,
2: all the pressure. So the if I, 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 I if I if
0: we start getting closer to the, the six and some crazy stuff is going down and it looks like it's gonna be ten million people, then I'm gonna be like I can't. But right now I'm thinking it's gonna be pretty big and worth going to. I don't think it's gonna be this grand massive upheaval of ten million people. Maybe, but if I if I think it's gonna get to that point where Trump stays president and people occupy D.C., that's the line, depending on, like, what happens. Because Antifa is going to be there. They've already been organizing resistance and stuff. So if it, if it, if if it you know, look, we saw a couple hundred thousand Trump supporters last time, last month or whatever. It was, like, estimates between 100 and 200,000 just littered across D.C. If we, and that was just an event they did. Imagine what's going to be, like, on the 6. This is Trump's last stand. This is the, the last day for a constitutional challenge to the election is gonna be there. Could you imagine if even a million Trump supporters showed up? The city would just it'd be it'd be crazy. It was cool, this last one. Did you go to the last one in DC mm-hmm. by any chance?
3: Mm-hmm. Just the just to recognize how powerful we are when we come together. You see all these people walking together and
0: like, yo, dude, we're connected. All right. Justin Bowman says, Tim, I'm a truck driver and a Biden presidency has our industry worried. We're already short 80,000 drivers for demand. Many new drivers are foreigners that use Google Translate. If these wheels don't turn, we don't earn. Stay safe. Also, high lids. Hello. No truck drivers means no food. Yeah. Simple as that. That's like the veins of this country. Mm -hmm. The highways and the truck drivers moving the goods. It's like the blood cells carrying the oxygen. But they're carrying, you know, bread and milk and eggs. And if they don't come, you don't eat. I hope everybody's been paying attention, man, because I'll tell you. You know, I used to joke about this, but if, if if it ever came down to, like, an apocalyptic scenario, people in New York would be eating each other.
3: I noticed you bought more canisters of butter powder.
0: That was weird. I don't know why they keep coming. I don't know. We're ordered. Getting I, ordered, I butter. ordered a couple things of powdered butter because I was like, I wonder how this works, you know? And now it's like, they, I, I must have accidentally ordered more. Oh,
3: you got it on, on prescri- prescription? Subscription. Oh, Subscription no. Please. Is that what happened? No you complaints. Check that. that stuff stays good for years. I got to check that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was like wondering like they have two things of like powdered butter. There's more butter. I was like, how does that work? There's, I was like, like no not was thinking it, right?
3: ahead. But it was only two. It was very out of character for you. you know you get like sixteen. Like. <laughs> no, that's
0: you. You bought all the vinegar. <laughs> all right. Ian bought like a bunch well, of vinegar. I'm like, let's what are you gonna do, do with so vinegar, vinegar, dude? It's yeah, so I'll put forever. it this way: we, we're 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 bordering on prepping, but having no idea how we're doing it. Yeah. So we have a bunch of butter, We got powder butter, and vinegar, and you know, I'm not look where where we're at. I'm not super worried. That you know, the reason we came out to kind of the middle of nowhere is because. You know, it's hunting grounds all over the place. Uh, we got... We're we're partly off the grid. We've got ways to maintain everything. And uh, we got satellite internet. So if, like, power lines went down or power went out, we'd be fine. The show would be rolling. No problem. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, not in a big city, though. That'd be that'd be scary. I wouldn't want to be there. All right, let's see. Daniel Maxwell says, If the states would perform a forensic audit of the machines using the election along with the signature and address audit of all the mail-in bodits... Uh, ballots. it would address concerns about the election for most people. But they will not to protect elites. That's the craziest thing. And that's what makes people think there's actually some shenanigans going on because the transparency is being blocked. You know what I mean? All right, let's see. Nathan B says, Tim, I plan on going to Washington. I've already looked into tickets and hotels, but I don't know anything about what's really going to happen down there. I've never been to a protest before, so it should be interesting. Vets Hashtag Vets for Trump. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. I'm just hearing from people who say they don't protest and they're going to protest. So I'm like, oh this is probably going to be something spicy you know my prediction massive protest people you know stand up and they yell and they go home you know antifa fights some people the trump supporters you know fight back proud boys will be there then the the right you know trump supporters and proud boys will go home antifa will go and fight cops yeah
3: it, after dark it gets crazy at least but, the last but, one didn't there weren't that many people
0: but there. i'll but i'll I'll stress i don't i don't know normal's out the window, man. I know. Who knows what's gonna happen? For all we know, like, literally no one shows up and it's just Alex Jones by himself. And then you get yeah. to walk up and, hey, nice to meet you. I'm the only other person here, you know? So, maybe. Alright, let's see. John Smith says, hey man, love your music. You guys should do a trashy FIR cover and dress up like Radke used to. You did an SWS cover, so really, you have no excuse. <laughs> that went over my head.
1: That's falling in reverse leaving sleeping what he's talking about. <laughs> he's talking right. about metalcore bands oh, post-hardcore. I guess. Sam Mian says, I'll take policies that ended Venezuela for
0: $2.6 trillion. <laughs> right. oh my God. Coco Du says, time for a third party. Vote them all out. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, 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 um, I didn't vote last time. I voted this time for Trump and the down-ticket Republicans. I'd probably just vote third party from now on. I think a lot of people will, too. If there's a viable populist, like, moderate party of sorts, I'd probably just vote for it. I have to get involved. I can't stand on the sidelines
1: anymore. I fear you.
0: Let's see. Drazen Medix says, uh, Tim, why do you invite guests on your show and then take 60% of the time talking and voicing your opinions, which your audience is already aware of, as they heard it a dozen times, still love the show, though? I don't know. Because it it's just a weird show. It's your shit. show. I guess. You know? It is your show. I no, think. but we've, we've had guests where, like uh, Heshi, <sighs> when Heshi was here, he talked 80%, 90% yeah. of the time. H- Heshi's a cool dude. New York, local politician, challenging the lockdowns, getting in trouble. He's the guy, who they went around the, cutting the locks on the parks to open them back up. Mm. I figured you appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they couldn't do anything about it, because he was like, we're going to keep doing it, you know? Michael Didion says, Having SARS-CoV-2 does not mean you have COVID. COVID is the disease, not the virus. There is a distinction. These tests are not for COVID, but rather the SARS-CoV-2 to test for COVID. One would need other diagnostics. Interesting. Yeah, hey, I, I believe that's, that's, that's how most diseases work, actually. Let's see. Intolerable access. Woohoo. I'm a single father of two kids making less than 35 a year, 35k a year. I'm about to buy six grand in BTC, Ren and Graph. I left metals for crypto, better returns. I'll tell you this, man. I don't want to give anybody advice, but I'll tell you a month ago, Max Kaiser, you know, that guy, Max, he's been saying buy Bitcoin like crazy. And so I was like, all right, I bought some Bitcoin and now it's at 27, 28 and it's on track probably for 35. Some people say 700k. It, the way the U.S. dollar is going, I was I went to the U.S. debt clock today, and it's going up $70,000 every second. The Fed, 70. The, the, G, the the debt to GDP is like 129% yeah, now in the United States. That is unbelievable. Crypto, Bi- Bitcoin is second. skyrocketing. It's runaway. Because yeah, don't, people don't want to have dollars anymore.
3: I don't think there's any coming back from a twenty-seven. Now it'll be thirty trillion debt. They're, they're printing two point three more. No. Um, within infl- it's through the interest to the federal. It's the interest that's making it un untenable. So if we default on the interest and just refuse to pay it back, to civil disobedience. Maybe we don't. It won't crash the dollar.
1: Uh, uh, Jay- Jay- I mean, that best. That's the best. I think that's the best case scenario either way. Check Even it. if it does crash.
0: Check this out. This is gonna make you mad. Make you mad. Laura Laura Wren says, "I raised four kids with the help of EBT." I was shocked that I could buy gum, candy, soda, but not vitamins or other supplements. Now you can buy McDonald's with EBT. The food and medical industry in this country is pure evil. Mm. Man. I I agree. McDonald's? Yeah. What? Don't they put sugar in their salads?
4: Mm Mm-hmm. And their burgers. Definitely
0: in the dressing. Archimedes says, "Tim, Joe Rogan already did the study of what humans will and won't eat. Fear factor. Oh yeah. Apparently, people will eat crazy stuff for man. money. Yeah, for money. When you got Rogan <laughs> telling you you can do it. You oh, can yeah. do anything. You
2: can do anything. That's right."
0: Port Film Co-op says, "Guest sounds like a Prager U Muppet given a script." What? Ooh, he got some some words. Is Prager U? Uh, Prager U is not AnCap. Prager, no, Prager U, is U is like the most
1: generic thing. conservative. Yeah. So yeah, whoever yeah. that guy, whoever said that, is a Mm. crack I'm pretty sure yeah you're like you're you're like you probably disagree with most of Prager's. like probably 90% of what they say we, we talked about like anarchy for like 30 minutes yeah or something. yeah, 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 I, I, yeah and, and, and that's just what Prager and all those guys talk about is an, anarchism yeah. that's what they're that's what they're advocate like I say that guy's smoking crack cocaine mm. leave it leave it alone Augustine Uribe says
0: I moved between three blue progressive states was homeless most of my time in each state finally I left California for Texas with $200 in cash and a broken car four years ago. Now I have a five-bedroom house, Woo. two cars, a Harley Davidson, and pay all my bills. Awesome. There you go, man. Mike Heck says, "Finally, thank you for having Eric on, Tim. Yo, Eric, when are you going to come up, come out with another freestyle, brother?"
1: Uh, soon enough. I'm dropping a free tape for y'all soon Ooh, enough. So right on. sweet. Jay
0: Max says, "I've always said three things that will almost always make you more libertarian: serving in the military, starting a business, and having children." I've got horror stories about fraud, waste, and abuse that would make the staunchest CFO faint. Governments are ineffective by nature. Oh, I've heard stories, man. Oh, yeah. Absurd things bought and thrown away, and just wasted money like crazy. They're wasting our money, man. <laughs> That's the problem with it. Yep. You can you can just like I think the you know when people talk about taxation and theft. It really comes down to what what is the money being taken for? Because like you said, libertarians will probably agree. I'll I'll, I'll pay. I'll, you know, you you put the toll booth at the road. I'll pay for the road. We can agree on that. I'll pay for it, sure. Well, when they give your money to Pakistani gender programs, that's like the best example of jets that cost $700,000.
3: Like they have like jet parts that cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just because they can
1: charge it, just because it's government, yeah. yeah,
0: And that's the problem the left has with the private insurance companies. But what we're seeing with medical industry is this weird mashup of public and private that turns into some weird monster that doesn't do either. And so it's like... The insurance companies pay a hundred dollars for an aspirin because the system is completely broken. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's not capitalism. The Federal <laughs> yeah. Reserve's
3: like a, totally on board. They'll print unlimited for whatever the government. If the government's like, hey, can you can you give us six trillion? Yeah, like, oh, yeah give me six point nine
0: back. Yeah, definitely, or whatever they <laughs> yeah. are. Wow. Lambent Cantus says my small town, twelve K has high speed fiber optic internet, one K up and down. It's getting crazy, man. There's a uh, because they're like the the way they lay the lines there are some middle of nowhere places like Pennsylvania like in the wilds where you can get
1: gigabit internet that's, that's and, all I and ask a town for. of like a 100 people that's all I asked for yeah that's life right what there. do you got now I have, I have fiber right now oh. I'm, I'm 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 out of the way but I'm not in the middle of nowhere like I want to be if I can get mm. in the middle of nowhere with fiber like that's a dream right there I was, you know what I was I was thinking it's like it'd be great to move to a like a small
0: dying town. Because then you'd bring it back to life. That's what we're start talking about. People last back out. year, yeah. before yeah. this place, yeah, that was a yeah. That, Tiny, that would be a really we really should small start town. a town. That'd be awesome. Not start one, but just you bring build it. a monorail. Well, no, think about it this way: bunch of them. You don't, you don't start a town. You just bring your business there yeah. because the property's cheap, and there's a lot of people looking for work, and it's it's lower cost of living. People who need jobs, you don't got to pay an arm and a leg like you would out of New York City. But you revitalize the local economy, it attracts more jobs, more industry, and you help bring it back. There you go. Let's find a way to do it. Yeah. Darkstow says, Tim, that's how Melbourne, Australia, end their lockdowns. Bunch of Indian restaurants go on TV saying they're opening at the same time and others followed. Wow, really? That happened? Was that recently? Yeah. Skeleton King says, modern day prohibition uh, forced by edict. But instead of alcohol being illegal, it's opening businesses to to survive. Eventually, people uh, people will not take it anymore. Yeah, I hear that, man. Yeah. Tra- uh, ta- uh, Tashi 497 says Tim your ability to retain information and speak so clear and fast parallels Ben Shapiro <laughs> any nice. a- advice on how to be on that level uh, read uh, I don't know what Ben does have a good memory you know have a good memory um, you know practice memory games we're you gonna Talk say read lot. read what read a lot Yeah, I read, read a everything lot. Talk a lot. I was reading tons of crazy stuff today. I was reading about the invention of the 50 BMG just because I, I bought uh, I got Luke a 50 BMG corkscrew for Christmas it's not a real bullet but it's a corkscrew for like you know opening wine bottles or whatever. And I figured Luke likes it because Luke likes guns, and uh, and I was just looking up the you know fifty brown. Was it Browning machine gun? I just read random stuff. You ever count sheep? Go no. to sleep
3: at night? No. Do you ever do like thought exercises or anything?
0: No. I no. used to
3: have this problem where I'd try to count sheep and the and it would just keep repeating itself. I couldn't get the thought to continue, and I just one night forced the image to jump over and continue off into the distance, and it was one that night in chicago that in my bed i remember after that moment i started to gain control of
0: my thoughts there you go that's important oh, yeah. brandon hansen says my mom is one of those small business owners who has said enough she opened her uh, it, uh, mn minnesota. restaurant minnesota restaurant the interchange on the december on, on december 16th got a cease and desist now she's being sued by the state she's not backing down no matter the what state. she's fed up we all are shout out to lisa Woo. i'll think about it this way if your business is going to go under why would you just walk away and go, oh, well.'" Why wouldn't you just be like, we're open. Find me. I don't care. The business won't exist. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's gotta be your route. Like what what you got to lose at this point. Are they, they, they're not finding
0: you, right? They're finding the business. If the business is about to go under, unless they're finding you, I understand. But you know, if, if if enough people
1: do that, yes, you you, will get on the other side of it. Yeah. Period.
0: JT says, I live in CA and my mom who had cancer, no COVID died alone in the hospital because they wouldn't let me stay with her. Needless to say, it felt good to sign that recall petition the other day. Right on, man. That's these these doctors. I couldn't imagine men, they, that, man. Like they, I
1: really couldn't. I probably would have. To, I I probably in jail for getting in fist fights with. Uh, break your way in with like yeah, like yeah. seriously, like dead serious. My own mother. I I I, I just can't imagine that. I probably would would have knocked someone in, uh, upside the head straight up. V Plan says, please
0: check what capitalism means. If there is no competitive market or protections of personal property, there is no capitalism. <sighs> If government takes away the right to work, there is no capitalism. It is capitalism no more. No idea what it is.
1: Just, just make up an, uh, a definition and just run with it is what <laughs> what people do. Like, I know, like, I know. like I mean, it's, it's a classic straw man, and nobody can form an argument against something that you just pull out of your behind. So just, just, just go that route. So, all right, let's
0: see. We'll do a couple more. Let's see, what we got. Carl Flint says, Tim, I think you'd be interested in checking out Carl Casarda of the YouTube channel In Range TV. He mostly does gun videos, but he has made videos on interesting things like the Red Summer of 1919. He also made Internati. Interesting. Is the Red Summer uh, the Spanish flu thing?
1: No, nah, I think that's the. Uh, no, what was that before then? Was that the communist uh, yeah. Uh, oh, river, river, uh, Russia? Yeah, Russia. Yeah. Grayson L
0: says, small towns don't want new world comfort. They're full of old world people. You know what I was saying is like when people mention secession. Rush Limbaugh was talking about you know there might be a divorce and people have brought it up. These leftists go, well, all the red states would be a third world country. You know they'll they'll all be right, so that upset. should be
1: good for you then, right? I mean, if you hate us that it, much, yeah, you
0: keep all they keep all their money. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure the people who live in like you know rural Nebraska or whatever aren't concerned about it. They know how to chop wood, they know how to hunt deer, they know how to grow food, and they're probably like, sure, I don't care, whatever. Yeah, like what am I what am I missing out on, huh? Because the the I'll tell you this, when they talk about the red states getting subsidy, the is probably going to the red state cities. That's non- exactly
1: what they what, <laughs> yeah. what's happening. No, oh, that's exactly <laughs> those are what's are <laughs> blue areas. Blue yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, man. All right. Well, it is about ten thirty. So, uh, Eric, man, thanks for hanging out. You got a uh, social media you want to mention or anything?
1: Yeah, at Eric July, of course. You can follow me um, on Twitter. That's the website as well. Um, come holler at me. Young Ripper Five Nine is the is the YouTube. We do all our show for sake, sake. Like I say, man, this is. It's been wonderful. I appreciate you guys. Oh, for me sure, man. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. We're
0: we're planning on having events soon. We've got this uh this bar. If you check my Instagram, uh you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram Parlor at Timcast, but on my Instagram I got videos of the space we're building, skate park slash, you know, you know, fake bar, drink area, and then we're gonna have live performance. We got a little stage, Eric we got a little interview. Music. Yeah, Eric does music. Yeah. Let's do it. So we'll we the band, let's do we're, it. We're we're gonna Heck do yeah. like semi private events where it's kind of like how they would do a studio audience, basically. So we'll sell, like, 50 tickets, whatever the maxes were allowed with, like, COVID or whatever. I think it's, like, 50. But it's perfect anyway, because we don't have a real venue. We just have, like, a, a space yeah. and a studio. But then we'll have, like, first-come, first-serve or, like, members-only tickets. So we're, we're launching uh, a proprietary TimCast.com, like, revamped, I think maybe tomorrow, where you can sign up, become a member, and then get access to exclusive videos and content, which we'll start producing and putting up. But then also... Tickets to the event to come out to see real performances, and then we're going to film them, do them live, and we're going to get this vlog going. So a lot of stuff is in the works, a lot of fun stuff. And we're also going to get this big, crazy property in West Virginia where we're going to go ride you know, ATVs and you know, Ooh. shoot guns. And and we're going to have a lot of fun out there, too, and, and maybe even do some events because we can do satellite internet, which see. will be really fun. Yeah. But we'll see. It's really hard to do. Everybody's trying to move. So get ready. You can uh, – uh, timcast.com right now is my old website. I haven't updated in a long time, but the new one is coming soon. So don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Hit that like button, share it, give us a good review on iTunes, Spotify, etc. You can check out my other YouTube channels: YouTube.com/slash/TimCast and YouTube.com/slash/TimCastNews. We do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, you know, when we're live, we'll be back tomorrow, of course. But you can also follow Ian. Yeah, you can follow me, at Ian Crossland.
3: Uh, you can follow me anywhere really: YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Minds, and more at Ian Crossland. And he has a new gorilla. I hope you like it that's beautiful um, and you eric before i oh i didn't want to interrupt oh yeah you can follow sour patch do you have merchandise yes what's where can people get yes your merch uh, if you go to eric
1: d july uh i mean go to the merchant there's a merchandise section and i believe it is actually merch.ericdjuly.com you can get all kinds of uh good good stuff uh there if that's your thing or you can go to backwardsmusic.com that's b-a-c-k-w-o-r-d-z music if you're into the band and you want to get the band's merch Got all kinds of good stuff there. Right mm-hmm. on. Yeah. But Lydia, now, shout yes. out to okay. Uh, you woman.
4: can follow me on Twitter if you want to. I'm not sure why you would. My user is Sour Patch
2: Lit, L-Y-D-S.
0: Right on. Everybody, thanks for hanging out. Smash that like button, and we will see you all tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. Bye, guys. Adios.